to What Are You Doing Movie Archives. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Down in Front. Our movie this week is Close Encounters of the Third Kind, The Third Time, the Director's Cut, the 1998 Collector's Edition DVD, the Blu-ray that says Director's Cut, the most recent version of Close Encounters. Okay? The good one. It has desert yeah. in the beginning, but it doesn't have ship inside stuff at the end. Pop in your DVD or Blu-ray, press play, press Spoiler. pause. The Columbia logo fades to black. At the first frame you perceive of all black, press pause. In the second, I'll say three, two, one, unpause, at which point I'll press play, you'll press play, and we'll watch the movie together in perfect sync. It'll be like any other commentary except for frigging awesome... Right? Yeah. Yeah. My name is always T. Christie, and I'm here with Brian where, William Where Benister. was that going? Greetings. <laughs> Michael Dorkman Scott. Let's <laughs> 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 the Amazing Stokes. Okay, then. All right. <laughs> Close Encounters is not a movie that I grew up with. I was much more in the um, Star Wars and Indiana Jones camp growing up, and somehow this one uh, was never something that was in my house, so I never really got to see it. I think I saw it for the first time four or five years ago, and I, uh, I enjoyed it just fine. It didn't really stick with me. And I revisited it again the other night just to... Um, to you know, catch up on it and refresh. And I was reading the wiki page, and I really fucking <laughs> like this movie. I think this is a really great movie. Damn it, Teague. <laughs> what? Well, I, I was going to get there, but you know, I was. I remember going to the New Bev probably two years ago at this point, and I was trying to get somebody to go with me to see Close Encounters, oh. and you're like, I don't really like Close Encounters. <laughs> yeah, well, so I had to go see it by myself. <laughs> I had to. I'm oh, sorry, man. I'm Down sorry. in front, it's like watching a child grow. <laughs> had I known, had I known that I, I sent you out into the world too early. Uh, it, but it was it's fun. It's really cool. And uh, obviously, the part that interests me the most uh, is the visual effects sequence at the end. And less obviously, the thing that also really interests me is the sort of understanding behind the five tone sequence and what that does and how they use that. And I think it's a really interesting way to um, to you need you need some sort of a communication gimmick for aliens if you're not going to just talk to them like Star Trek. Uh, in Independence Day, it was kind of flashing lights or you know choke <laughs> yeah. holding Bill Pullman. <laughs> they tried it and then they did a little different take on it in Independence <laughs> Day. Yeah, uh, but this is really cool. I love the sound thing. I, I think it's it's cute how the tone thing works and the sequence where they start. Okay, it's dun 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 dun, and then it starts. That's fucking. It psyched me out so much. I was freaking out because I was kind of drunk and it was intense. <laughs> Close Encounters of the Third Kind is. A solid damn movie. Not one of my favorites, but it's just, it's great. And uh, I'll, I'll lob softballs, I guess. Brian, ever seen this like on the big screen or anything? <laughs> yes. Well, I uh, <laughs> did in fact grow up with this movie and I love it very dearly as a result. Um, I hadn't seen it in a long time until a couple years ago when they were showing it at the New Bev. And the version I grew up with was the, was the original one. So there was no desert stuff and there was no spaceship at the end uh, as well. And I knew, I was kind of vaguely aware that there was a special edition version out there with extra stuff in it. And so I went to see Close Encounters uh, at the New Bev, and there were these extra scenes in the desert. It's like, oh, okay, this must be what the extra stuff is that I heard at the end. So, okay, this is cool. And then you get to the end. <laughs> the movie ends. The great ending. He walks up the ramp into the spaceship, and then the movie kept going. <laughs> and I had no <laughs> no idea that that existed at all. I, I knew, vaguely knew about the, the desert stuff as extra stuff, but I had no idea of the existence of the, the spaceship. And I'm just... <laughs> completely blown away. Like, why would you do that? And uh, we'll talk about why it exists. But I look time, I talking about it because I still haven't seen that part. It's, it's yeah. not even a deleted scene. They did it later on purpose. Yeah, um, that's crazy. But you know, not having any foreknowledge of that scene whatsoever, just being completely aghast at mm-hmm. the existence of that story-wise. Um, but I also, I, I mean, I know. I think before we started recording, you said you liked the the extra material. I thought it was I, it was fun. Yeah, I actually disagree. I'm I'm okay without it, but well, it, we'll get there. I I, it's well, of course I'm okay without it. It's like any special well, yeah. edition. It's, yeah, yeah. it's the stuff that the movie didn't need. But if you like the movie, you go, oh look, more movie. That's all it is. It's not like oh my god, that that answers so many questions. But well, well, we'll get there. But um, 
I suffice to say, I love this movie. I think it is one of Spielberg's best. I think it's great uh, visually story. You know, it's a great example of visual storytelling, and it's a great example <coughs> of let's do a a big high concept blockbuster science fiction film. But at the end of the day, we it's still about human beings and what the human beings are going through, and that's something that doesn't really happen anymore these days. Mike, do you like human beings? Yeah, <laughs> most of them. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I mean, I grew up with. I did grow up with this movie, and I, as far as I'm aware, I grew up with the director's cut, um, because I remember the desert stuff always being part of it, but I don't remember the inside the spaceship stuff <laughs> always being part of it. I don't think I've ever seen this. And, and so, but but it has to have been because the yeah, the, there's, there's because that the, the version one goes with, with the other. Yeah. yeah, the version with one and not the other didn't exist at the time. So, is there I, any chance your folks just turned the movie off? <laughs> yeah, you that's what I have. Like like yeah, I'll yell her. That's a great happy movie. For all I know, or we had the laser disc, so you had to switch disc. So there maybe my, maybe, maybe after the skipped. midpoint, my parents just quietly slipped in the theatrical <laughs> disc instead of there, instead of continuing the director's clever, cut. Yeah. A home version of the director's cut. We call it the cut. dad cut. Yeah, yeah. but um, but I don't know. I mean, I have seen the the bit inside the spaceship, and it didn't at the time. It didn't really bother me because I probably just didn't think about it. But uh, yeah, seeing now, it's like well that. Yeah, I can see how that doesn't belong there. But uh, at the same time, this is a really interesting movie because very similarly to uh, – and I, 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 you know, I love it. I, like I say, I grew up with it. Um, but it's interesting to look at it and in much the same way as Raiders of the Lost Ark. It's like I'm not sure you could get away with this movie today. Um, I agree with because you. there's a lot of elements to it. I mean, uh, Spielberg has famously talked about he he sees it as a young man's movie. It's not a movie that he could make today because he doesn't feel that way. He couldn't have Roy just up and leave his family and stuff like that. Um, and I, he spends the whole movie making you hate his fucking family, right? Well, <laughs> well, but at the same time, it's it's yeah. Well, I mean, we can I think talk they about have that. a valid point. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Dad's lost his mind. Yeah. Um, so. but at the same time, the version. The, the, there, there is, and I'm not saying it's a better version, but there is a valid version where the theme is about him choosing to stay as opposed to going. You know, you you mm. can't just change the ending. You've got to change kind of the the whole arc how, of how the story, the ending, of how course, you get yeah. there. But you can you can make the movie where he decides his responsibility is here and not out there. But that's an older man's movie, a, right. a man who who has uh you know had a family and realized that responsibility. But this is a this is a great movie, especially f- uh. You know, for its time, uh, uh, how incredibly it still holds up and stuff like that, and I'm looking forward to talking about it. 1977 was a good year for movies, Trey. <laughs> it certainly was, um, and and it really is. This was the one-two punch of hey, science fiction blockbuster things getting made, um, and then you know, because a lot of people think that that Star Wars led to the green lighting of Close Encounters. They're actually being made simultaneously. You know, how's your how's your wacky sure to fail sci-fi movie going, George? Oh, mine's yeah, it's sucking and it's going to be a disaster. How's yours, Stephen? Oh, we can't get the effects done. This Trumbull guy's full of shit. They gave each other so, back end points as a like yeah, a gag as a yeah. bet. They're like they yeah, traded points. Yeah, <laughs> they traded points in their movies because they were betting that theirs would fail. Which, by the way, it was like doesn't the studio need to sign off on that too? <laughs> no, they're well, the, the they they gave the points that they could give. Oh, okay. so you know they, they you can you can you have a certain the whole point system is bizarre and, and somehow still Eduardo Saverin got fucked. It's weird how that works. <laughs> yeah, it's it's funny. Well, he made a bad deal with his own company. Um, yeah, so yeah, this was the one-two punch. It's like Star Wars came out, and then and then at whatever point thereafter, Close Encounters. It was like again, oh my god, they're you know they're doing these rights suddenly for a change. You know, it's it's not Logan's Run anymore. It's you know they're making good sci-fi movies. Um, you know, which kind of peaked for about another year and a half, and we've been on a downhill slope ever since, except for some uh, some occasional high points. Um, uh, the third one of the of the trilogy for me 
is uh, Alien came out like the following year. And it was like, damn, goddamn, damn, late seventies, you scary. Exactly, it was, it was really quite something. Um, Every single one of those things was then later, you know, run into the ground and made awful. But that's 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 life in the movie business. Um, But yeah, this was a really, it was a really breakthrough film. I, I I haven't seen it in a long time. I feel like I didn't. I felt like I didn't need to resee it because I have seen it so many times. It was, you know, I saw in the theater x number of times, and then it was a very early sort of home video hit. And I, you know, saw it on cable, and I saw it on home video, and and uh, I don't think I think I think the last actual copy of it I owned was a laserdisc version, but um, but I have seen a it. What? Yeah, I know it's crazy. It's like a DVD but bigger. Uh, it's but I've seen it so many times. I really will find out. But I th- I think I don't need. I didn't need to see it again. Uh, I was I'm pretty clear on what happens in this movie, and it's yeah. I think it is. Uh, my memory of it is that it holds up really well. It is amazing, and it's very again. It's unusual. It's not like a movie they would make today. It makes all kinds of choices that movies don't make anymore, and uh, you know mainstream movies don't do. And and I think it's great because of that. You got the point where the Columbia logo has faded to black. As I am here, put your finger on something. Huh? Huh? Three, two, one. Unpause. What this is, I, I think this is like the nowadays the the, the low budget sci fi. You know, the one that people make for like fifty grand on their home computers and stuff. That's really a character film, but with some sci fi in it. Yeah. That's what this. That's is. what that's yeah. the kind of movie. Again, this, this is this is the District Nine of its day. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Now, it's, or even it's, more, it's, this is like the another monsters. Earth or it's, whatever. It's so right. weird how how people you know how the mainstream Hollywood started by making thoughtful, interesting sci-fi films, not all the time, but ones like this, and then they, but they became such blockbusters, a little of the blockbuster mentality, which is like, every movie has to be huge yeah. and big and explodey, and, you know, welcome to the world we live now, in. Now, we, 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 really, the late 70s is this moment, because it's William Goldman, right, that talks about the switch. <coughs> Hollywood used to make the, the dramatic films about characters, and then the... And independents would make movies about robots and monsters. Right. The, 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 the pulp stuff. And so at some point, that crossed over... <coughs> But the late seventies was really this moment where you had that nexus where you yeah, had the, the character studies we in with the, the transition pulp zone. Yeah. yeah. Now we've talked about a couple of times in the intro. By the way, your DVD is not broken if you're not yeah. listening to the sound. <laughs> right. Uh, we <laughs> talked about the intro. For a while. They yeah. wouldn't make this kind of movie now. I, I guess we'll start with the question: Why? What, what, what are you referring to? What wouldn't they do? Now? I'm referring to the content of it. I'm referring yeah. to the fact that it, it it deals so much with emotions and and the and the characters and and deals with, I, you know, even the fact of Spielberg Spielberg isn't alone. I don't think by saying you know I think I think most studio executives in the pitch meeting we go wait he leaves his family yeah do we like this character why do we like this guy um, and he's, can we can we make him like single can we can we yeah. make him you know can we make it easier for him to make that choice <laughs> which is like no it, the point is to make it harder for him to make yeah. that choice to make it more dramatic but. Um, but isn't it? Uh, and, and, and or they, you know, and they would have had him probably more involved at the end. They would have been like, yeah, right. he well, doesn't he, actually he doesn't do yeah. do anything. He he's just got gets some, there he's and got, he walks on. He board? gets obsessed and then he walks yeah. to a mountain. He's got yeah. some kind of secret. He's got to be the key to communicating. Yeah, they wanted with him all along. Or, and, yeah. Yeah, yeah. They, which again, I'm, can't I'm, he save the planet? I, somehow? He has to be more active somehow. In yeah. the, which, which again, I'm not. I'm, I'm not saying that's a better movie, but that's certainly a valid version. Like I said, well, that, that's the movie that they would yeah. try and probably. Force it to be yeah. now, as opposed to just sort of this really, you know, kind now, is of, of meandery kind of story in a way. Is that because what we've expected out of stories has changed a little bit in the last thirty years? Yeah, it's become more. Uh, you want to sophisticated see... what you expect from a story, as opposed to just letting letting it be like this is basically just one of those slice of life dramas where aliens showed up and fucked it all up. Yeah. <laughs> you know, right, right, right. Where now, if you're going to make a movie about an alien ship comes to the Earth and it starts freaking people out, and then they communicate with it at the end. 
it's going to be about the guy at NORAD who yeah. first sees the signal, and then he's going to be the guy who gets. He, he's going to be Independence he, Day, which yeah, is exactly it, what that. Oh is. yeah, they're going to well, ramp. I, they're going to ramp up the conspiracy a lot more, and the yeah. president's going to be involved. And it, it'll, it will. End, you will end up with more of a contrivance to keep its everything focused on one character. I think if you made this movie today, you wouldn't have. Francois Truffaut and Bob Balaban, their whole purpose in this yeah. movie would be folded into Richard Dreyfus. So you Richard Dreyfus would like it. Yeah, they are. They are. It's, it's, you know, it's Richard Dreyfus would do would do all of that plot. He would be the the government like, agent. Who, look at Spielberg yeah, yeah. just homaging Truffaut like crazy, yeah. like giving him a big entrance scene, like he's coming in like Indiana Jones. There, that's really <laughs> awesome. I mean, this is you know, this is a weird thing that you know one of Spielberg's things is I'm going to cast Francois Truffaut in an acting role, yeah. just so I can hang out with Truffaut. Really, uh-huh. <laughs> this is all it's about. I, I'm I'm 14 years old. Who is that? Francois Truffaut is one of the famous one of the directors. most famous film directors in movie history. Yeah. G- give me give me some titles. They're all in French. You would never. Have seen <laughs> that. Uh, but but the the French Nouveau that yeah. that that whole thing and the auteur theory and stuff like that. He was big oh, in France. It's like so him, if you were him avoiding, and Godard, the four hundred yeah, you know. blue, four hundred blows. Yeah, uh, yeah. Oh, I've seen the four hundred blows. Jules and Jim, right there with you. If you were if you were a hoity-toity film school student in the oh, yeah. mid to late seventies, exactly. you knew who Truffaut was. You were like, exactly. oh my god, he's, yeah. he's, he's Truffaut. He's but, so dreamy with his glasses. Now I like I like and dislike. The central conceit of this movie, um, I like that they did it, but I don't like that this movie did two things. It, it one more strongly than the other. One, it kind of like gave some credence to the whole fucking Bermuda Triangle bullshit, yeah. um, and the other one was it really did cement this the idea of what aliens look like that we're stuck with to this day that they're the little the bulbous little headed gray. ones, which was a, which was an image that existed before this movie, but this movie you know really 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 made that the image of what yeah. aliens look like. Um, but the fact that they did, you know, I, when I was a kid, I was all into, into you know, the, the thing that tr- that actually made me a skeptic was the Bermuda Triangle. Um, huh. Because I used to, you know, originally when the Bermuda Triangle was a thing, and, oh, I, you know, I could quote you chapter and verse on the Bermuda Triangle. Um, and then uh, and then I found this book called The Bermuda Triangle Mystery Solved, in which a guy did this crazy thing called research um, and found out that every single Bermuda Triangle story is utter, total bullshit. Right. Um, and Flight 19 is one of the most iconic Bermuda Triangle stories. Um, and the special edition brought in one of the other iconic Bermuda Triangle stories, which is the boat, the ship called the Cotapoxy. Um, so I liked it like, oh, look, they did the Cotapoxy because, you know, I know I actually know what the Cotapoxy is. And I know the story of the Cotapoxy and everything else. But um, so, again, it's cool that they did that. And it's so uncool that they did that, right? <laughs> For my money. <laughs> well, from a from a yeah from a skeptical point of view, it's like uh But yeah. at Just the same quit, time, quit, it's like quit underscoring that bullshit. Well, it, you know, yeah, it's it's like all right. Well, let's. We'll pretend that that's true for the sake of the magic bean, I guess. Yeah. But uh, it, it is also uh, interesting to note that that Spielberg himself, at the time that he made this, was a true believer in that stuff. Yep. Um, and since then, he says in the uh, a number of the behind the scenes things, uh, he doesn't anymore. He doesn't yeah. be- believe in that stuff anymore. And he specifically says uh, because because of stuff like YouTube and the and the internet. He's like yeah, as as a- go ahead. As you know, <laughs> as as things expanded, as as you know, video cameras and stuff like that got more and more prevalent. Uh, the evidence got thinner and thinner, and <laughs> yeah. you started seeing less and less of it. And it's like it's totally true. It's like if if a motorcycle makes a weird noise in Des Moines, there'll be five videos on YouTube within yeah. twenty minutes. <laughs> right. Yeah, and how how can you say that there wouldn't be videos of UFOs if if the, just everywhere if they were real? You know, there, well, there's a in that whole big where the. Air Force is talking to everybody who's seen the uh, the, the the UFOs. They you know they're saying yeah well you, you, there's no evidence. The Air Force people are saying there's no evidence for it. And one of the guys in the crowd is a is a news reporter or something. He's like I've been in the news business for 
you know, 30 years, and I I never had footage of a car accident in progress or a plane crash yeah. in progress. Yeah. Like, but we have those now. And now you do. Yeah. And, and now there are still no and videos still of no UFOs. UFOs. Exactly. So, exactly. so, you know, that might have been a valid point in 1976. It was. Yeah. But <laughs> not, not anymore. Not anymore. So there you go. So that was, that was Spielberg making the argument, you yeah. know, that at the time, and then uh, changing his mind later. Spielberg went on to say that the, what was it, the Nazca lines were aliens. In Indiana Jones four, yeah, well, yeah. I think no, I think, that, I think George, George Lucas said that. that. Yeah. Oh, he yeah, was, good point. And and Spielberg right. was just willing to play along. He's like, yeah, sure, yeah, whatever. Bermuda Triangle, Nazca lines, yeah. all that. Harry, Harry Potter, fine, fine. can we just start shooting by next week? Please. Harry Potter's not real either. Yeah. Now these guys are all actual, or most of them are actual yeah. air traffic control guys, yeah. which is a great a great yeah. bit of casting. <laughs> But, uh, Brian, your good friend Ryan Sheely is an air traffic controller, isn't he? He is. He's an air traffic controller at O'Hare, which is one of the busiest airports in the country and world. And a shy three hours away from this very station, I believe, if we're uh, led to believe that it's in Indianapolis. That's mm-hmm. that's interesting, too. Yeah, I guess a... my, my question is, uh, has um, Ryan, A, ever been black, B, ever <laughs> had a mustache, or C, ever uh, like near, near, had two near misses with UFOs in his... Has he ever told you about that? Um, I don't think he's ever told me a UFO story. Um, Wait, do those actually... Like, the way you said that makes me think. Yeah. I don't think he ever told me any of his UFO stories. I was like, mm-hmm. yeah, he's not allowed to. Well, UFO just means you don't know what it was. Right, it doesn't right, mean it's an alien. Right, exactly. Well, right. this, this this bit of business that they will come up here is you know something that has happened. It's you know airlines will see or airline pilots will see something and they can't explain it and it will get reported because that's a procedure. And some you know somebody will say, do you want to report that? And the airline pilots, you know, the airline and aviation industry is not. You know, a terribly liberal and permissive kind of industry. It's fairly conservative in how you're supposed to conduct yourself. So people, you know, airline pilots will say, "No, I'm. I don't want to go on record saying that I saw something crazy. I'm good. No, I don't. I don't want to file a report." <laughs> yeah. So I like that attitude, though. I'm. I'm probably just seeing something. It's not a big deal. I don't want to be the guy who said it because then later I'll have to be the guy who explains what I saw, and then later I'll be found out that I was dumb. I'll just stick. I'll skip that. And nope. then later, the crazies will be outside my yeah. house. They'll be, they'll, exactly. They're going to want me to come speak at their convention. So, like on the radio that day, you hear, "Holy shit! Uh, what was that? <laughs> Nothing. Uh, just saw a thing <laughs> off to the side of the plane. I was Do a, you want to report it? No, no. It was, it sure, was a bird. I think. Yeah. And there's a reflection. I, I just I lost my mind. For I'm a sure second. it was a really fast bird. Yeah, uh, and with flashing lights and it's saying at me a gas cloud off Venus and uh, it's a thing, swamp gas. And, it's a uh, thing. Uh, look into this right here. It's a thing that again UFOs. Also, I was when I was a kid, I was all over that shit. Chariot of the Gods. You betcha. I was oh, into geez. all those things. Yeah. And then gradually learned like you know, yeah, these are written by people who just took inf- information at face value that they had no ability to evaluate. And made up a bunch of bullshit about <laughs> they, it. They privileged the hypothesis. They <laughs> wanted to believe, and so they and so they found they picked the, pieces the evidence, of evidence that, they that supported it. Yeah. And uh, you know, one of the fun, you know fun facts about radar and stuff is you know UFO enthusiasts go, yeah, and there was an unexplained radar contact, and maybe your air traffic controller friend could verify. There's always unexplained radar <laughs> contacts. Yeah. That's half the job. Is what's that one? We got to figure out what that is now. Yeah. So. Because uh, a radar is just a it's a, a it's yeah. just a piece of technology that <laughs> yeah. is not always going to work right. It's yeah, there are other possible explanations than aliens from the sky. Yeah, you just you have to be like, excuse me, are you a thing? Hello, hello. hello. It's not answering, so it must be an alien. Yeah. <laughs> now again, back to the the amazing thing about this sequence is you know it was guys talking to a fucking green screen, and yeah. it's a really it's I think it's an amazingly tense great sequence that has no visual effects whatsoever. It it creates this whole world. Without ever showing you a bit of it, yeah, and I think and it's, it's beautifully done. It's you know he got it obviously by casting you know actual <laughs> guys, but they they really do nail the tone of you know pilots and air traffic controllers too. If you listen to uh, 
the ATC, the radio transcript from when uh, the plane crashed in the Hudson River in 2008, you know, and actually listen between Sullenberger and the ATC. It's like, it's so completely matter of fact. Uh-huh. Yeah. And this guy's he's literally saying like, okay, uh, we just lost an engine. We just lost the other one. Uh, I need a runway to land, you know, you know now. Uh, okay. And so the ATC is like, they're coming back. They're like, okay, well, we can clear Newark. We can clear, you know, this, that. And as they're doing this, the guy's saying, yeah, it's... No, there's no time. I gotta put it down in the Hudson. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> say again. <laughs> Literally, wait. Say that again. No, I'm putting it down in the Hudson. And it's just so completely matter of fact. It's it's remarkable. No, there's no value in panicking. They yeah, all know that. Uh, was that one of those scenes? I can't remember because there's there's a number of them where they use like the the like you know in submarines and stuff they use the real people. Was that one of the scenes where he was like just. Or, or uh, I think Transformers was the one where he's like, just say what you would actually say here. Um, was was that one where he's like, what what would you do and say? What would the situation be if you did that? And did kind of let so. them write the scene. He did that in the E.T. Scene? with the doctors. Yeah. 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 Just, exactly. Just, yeah. Doc, just yeah, doctor the, doctors the fucking ET. puppet. United 93. Most Many people are playing their role. Ryan would know better than I do, but you know, to my ear, all of that stuff sounds... Very accurate, it's, so. it's, and I love that it doesn't. It doesn't, as you know, in the slightest. Yeah. You know, it presents a completely face value. It doesn't give you any kind of crib sheet about to understand it. This little monkey toy thing we had, and my sister. <laughs> no, they've my always sister, been horrifying. Yeah. Yes, they've my never not been horrifying. Hates that thing. So, like is to this day yeah. just despises. It I was about to say they made entire movies about that. Oh yeah, yeah. Toy. <laughs> exactly. Well, in Toy Story three, it's it's yeah. like they used it perfectly. Yeah, it was the evil toy. In, in that the one. Uh, one of one of Stephen King's sto- short story collections, I believe it was Night Shift, just yeah. had that yeah. on the cover. That was and the I, cover. And I don't think th- that was even in a story. It was just, it was, it was <laughs> yeah. so freaky, he just put it on the cover yeah. to scare people. They're just Did my... you have that toy as a kid? No, I was saying, if you ever get me one, I will kill all of you. <laughs> or it, I think, or I it will kill all of you. I don't want a Some clapping ones. monkey, because his eyes... There's yeah. one of those in Toy Story 3. Yeah, and yeah, here's the same one. Here's the famous performance by the little kid that they were actually, like, freaking out and then... Making yeah, him laugh and the stuff. story I I, I how is it? Yeah, the story, how is story I read is, is Spielberg is is wearing like a, he's got like different masks and he's like a Frankenstein mask. Yeah. Like, oh, I'm scary, but then he takes off the mask and now I'm a funny person. Yeah. And, and well, there was there was a guy in a clown mask. Yeah. that he thought was funny, and then and then there was a Frankenstein, and mask. then there it was a gorilla. A gor- okay. they, they were in like presence, right? And the, I yeah. think that's why he even says something like presence or whatever. He the, yeah, presence. The, the one in the clown mask pops out and he's like, hey, that's funny. And then the one in the gorilla mask pops out and that's when he takes a step back, like, whoa, shit. <laughs> and the, but then the the guy in the gorilla mask was one of his friends on the crew, so Spielberg had him take off the mask yeah. and then he saw it was his he's buddy like, oh. and then he smiles. And that's how he got that, that that's, one take. That's great. The that's resulting ex- film is great. Weirdly enough, that's exactly what they do with Angelina Jolie. <laughs> <laughs> After they put the peanut butter on top yeah, of her. Yeah, yeah, to make it look like she's talking. <laughs> she's all dubbed by Glenn Close. That's, that's something that a lot of people know. <laughs> Mr. Perfect, I will literally find you and kill you. He's like, I'm sending you a toy monkey in the mail. I'm oh, like, geez. dude, don't. Imagine opening the box and it's clapping already. <laughs> yeah, really. Oh, God. And yeah. it was like, clapping like, the it's, entire it's, time. It's all, it's all wound up and just being held by the <laughs> oh, yeah. box. You open it up and it just starts going. Melinda Dillon, by the way, the original MILF. Hello. <laughs> really got a thing for yeah, Melinda Yeah, this is Dillon. pre-alien. So, yeah. yeah hello. All, the, all the stars are a comp in this movie, yeah, by the way. Yeah, can't. can't. And, 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 and as you, as you and know, a big if painful you're... when they are. They were at the time. Now you're like, oh, just put some stars in the sky. It's like, yeah, we'll get an intern to fucking do that yeah. now. Yeah. But as you uh, know, if you've studied you know moon uh, moon landing conspiracy theories at all, you cannot photograph a <laughs> landscape and stars at the same time because they just stars are too dim and everything else is too bright. Unless it's dark and it's a long exposure shot, then you can. Yes. But then, but then you're then everything <laughs> else will be overexposed. Basically, yeah. hence flicker. 
<laughs> and that's where all the pictures on Flickr came from. Uh, this this movie is also interesting for its time because it came within it came within a year. I mean, it, it's just post Vietnam, uh, and uh, it, you know, one of the one of the more uplifting movies probably that that uh, came. Although you could uh, speak to that better than I can, Trey. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, it's within a year of the remake of. Uh, Invasion of the Body Snatchers. Yeah. And it's really interesting to look at those as, like, Body Snatchers' whole thing was they they look like you, but they're not like you, and, you know, be afraid. Whereas this movie is, they don't look like you, but they're really quite like you, don't be afraid. Yeah. Quickly, you know? there are thousands of lives at stake. There's actually, a, <laughs> re-watching this last night, I was like, there are a lot of great quotable lines in this that I don't yeah. remember at all. That's one I'm going to have to use more often. Anyway. <laughs> Quickly, there are thousands of lives at stake. Yeah, it's it's a nice little introduction. It's It's... It's kind of a you know before there was such a concept uh, you know it's, it's kind of a little save the cat thing. It's like yeah, you know yeah. okay so he plays with his kid he tries to <laughs> teach his kid things you know he's a, he's generally a good dad he's you know now boy did J uh, J Abrams had this had this scene on on, on rewind when oh, he yeah. made Super Eight because uh, this whole vibe of Super Eight you know this is it's weird because when this movie is being made this is a contemporary view of seventies suburban life and <laughs> in Super Eight it's now a you know weird historical view of seventies suburban life but having having been there yep <laughs> I know it's like, I know it's like may seem in many ways it's like I'm talking to you about how we used to cross the west in, in covered wagons and shit but this is pretty much what it was like no I mean it's... if you had a large family this is the kind of, you live in a house full of just junk and toys and who knows what and you know. <laughs> As somebody who grew up in the '80s, whose childhood was in the '80s, it's it's like oh, I remember about seventy percent of that. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. like we still had most of that stuff around. Hey, look, she's got a computer. No, <laughs> it's a Macintosh. Oh my God, the movie's a genius. They actually pursued. Wasn't that a like a clock? <laughs> yeah, it's a clock. I think it was a makeup mirror. Is uh. what I, that would be my guess. But yeah, sometimes I'll see movies like this, and they did it in Super Eight as well, because of course they dressed the set with period things, and I'll see you know things, and I'll just go. Oh my God! Look at that. There's that. You know, and I'd completely forgotten that some of these things existed, but they were regular parts of everyday life. Now the whole Pinocchio thing. Yeah, he's there's very a weird, insistent on Pinocchio. There's a weird <laughs> Pinocchio thing, and the and, and you know when, when you wish upon a, a star is in yeah. the music is in yeah. is part of the yeah. music. They've, Williams worked it into the musical themes. It was it was supposed to end with the actual. Recording the, the actual yeah. Uh, yeah. Jiminy Cricket singing "When You Wish Upon a Star," and apparently the test audiences hated that. So, <laughs> so they're like, "All right, we'll take that out," but they they left it in the music a little bit at the end. Which, never mind, I'm not going to do it. Yeah, I'm going to do it. Which you know, other music and John Williams music isn't unheard of. But you know, da 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 da. All right then. You just know that melody. <laughs> yeah. Everything else is ripped off. Mm. John Williams is a, is a genius. Also, also Terry Garr, who is, you know, this was still, you know, um, she, she's still around. Um, she hasn't worked, obviously, nor has Melinda Dillon worked as much in the recent years. But, you know, Terry Garr was quite a thing. Um, uh, always had quite a crush on, uh, oh, look, they were only at $24 billion at the time. Um, <laughs> when they were still counting. Uh, now yeah. they just go, eh, if I get billions and millions. But um, the, uh, what are the gas prices? Can we tell? Oh, the gas, no. Gas, too gas, late. The gas prices. That'd be scary to see what the gas prices are. Lately, by the way. Well, she's you know she's got medical issues, but um, but uh, she's all right. Yeah, but she's uh, yeah. She's smiley, a little creepy. When when Terry Gar's age, you are (laughs) look as good. You will not. You say she jumps onto your back and you climb a pole. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, but uh, but. You know, she was hey, she was in the original Star Trek. For heaven's sake, they tried to they were doing they tried to do a spinoff show with her out of Star Trek. Oh, that's right, yeah, that she, was her, she was wasn't Gary it? Gary Seven's assistant yep. in that uh, that episode. 
In the chat, Ewing says gas was 45 cents a gallon on that shot. Yep, there you go. That's why we have a chat room. Good times. Good times. We he went e- back. We didn't even know where gas came from at the time. Arabs, whatever. We didn't care. Well, wasn't this during the gas crisis at the time? Well, what, the gas crisis the gas came crisis? and went. That, that was, I think, a couple of years earlier. That was, yeah, it was a few years earlier was the quote-unquote gas prices. Oh, and no. It, everything's gas crisis. fine. <laughs> yeah. And it yeah. shot prices through the roof all the way to the astronomical number of $1.50. Yes. Forty-five cents. It wasn't. It, it wasn't prices. I it was. This, it wasn't this. prices. It was availability. It was. Uh, it was. Uh, and it wasn't even that we didn't have gas. It was. Just, it was rationing and being rationed. So we're like, what? That's like the war or something. Here's, here's yeah. setup payoff. Yeah, it's so good. Yet another, you know, amazing scene made out of almost nothing. Yeah, by by modern standards. What? Okay. Anyway, now something I've. I, I might be missing something here, but isn't he obsessed? Literally by the aliens. Yes. Aren't they getting yeah. into his head and putting images there and making him think this? Yes. yes. So is it really his fault that he leaves his family? Obviously, it's not a good thing that he does, but it's not like he's like, you know what? Just about all of you people just kind of fuck you, and he, I'm going to go now. No. He, it's and, like and, and he's, he's being obsessed by not, aliens. He keeps trying not that's, to. That's to part of extent. the justification. Yeah. yeah. You know, he, 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 he's, he is torn about it. I mean, he's, you see him several times where he's like, wow, something is wrong with me, and maybe yeah. I'm just losing yeah. my mind. Oh, the, um, whole, the whole scene with him in the uh, so here we go. Love this. Here, here it comes. The whole scene yeah. with him, in and the, it's in still a bathroom. moment where you're like, "What the fuck?" Yeah. <laughs> when it goes up instead of around, and like you said, it's like what that's six things on that's, a rig. That's some lights on a rig. And, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's all that is. Just you know, <coughs> thank you, grip department. But uh, yeah, it's it's well. The the issue is the you know the movie is about how this this message has been implanted in many people and they all you know try and get to devil's tower and some actually make it and get there um whereas melinda dillon apparently doesn't have <laughs> quite the same obsession cuz she just wants her son back she's happy with that she's she settles with that it uh, you you could look at it uh again a kind of young man's movie thing and you're looking at it you know spielberg the the filmmaker spielberg the artist you can see a lot of you could see you could you could do like a Freudian analysis of that, right? Where it's like he becomes obsessed with an idea, and it's it's all he can do to finally realize it and and see it. And but then it, once it once know. it's fully uh, expressed, then it's been purged from your system, right? Exactly. Um, but but the the cost of getting there yeah. <laughs> it can be so high. Um, but but at the same time, as this movie shows, it's a cost that he at the time would have been willing to bear. Right. But and, he, and he no says longer, now yeah. and he says now that he could no longer uh do that basically. It is it is in many ways it's a Mary Sue. Um yeah. because it's about, you know, some average guy. Um so much of what the aliens do, why they do it is never explained, which I think is also unusual. Uh you it's rare for a modern movie to to ever do that where it's like why do they do why do the aliens do any of the things they do right. in this uh-huh. movie? Um including why do they just choose him at the end when when many people have have you know had the vision and and so on? Well, I took that to mean that he was the only one that they gave the vision to that actually made it all the way because yeah. because the, the rest of the candidates were just plucked by the governments. They were picked by the government. Yeah, and Melinda Dillon waited in the hills. So, yeah, yeah. He, he's, so he's the only one. He's the only one who answered. You know, by their standards, answered the call. I guess is the answer yeah. that he made it all the way. You know, it's like and so he deserves the reward, which is to be you know dissected and kept alive in a jar for a thousand years <laughs> uh, or whatever it is they do. Uh, <laughs> I'm not judging. <laughs> that's right. That's how they. That's how they celebrate you. That's how they, you get our greatest honor. <laughs> First, we carefully remove your skin. So. You get to be dinner. Yeah. Yay. Well, I. Th- yeah, I think there are a couple of similarities between this and War of the Worlds in the sense that it's 
it's always problematic to show pieces of the alien's plan if you're not going to show or make sense of the whole thing. And it's, you know, in War of the Worlds, you're showing pieces of it, and it doesn't, the pieces don't really add up. And here we see less pieces, so it's less of a problem. But still, at the end of the day, why are you dropping all that shit right. off in the desert? Um, why are you putting images in people's minds? How are you yeah. putting people's images in mind? Why were you take? Why did you take planes and boats in the first place? Yeah. Um, I, 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 I do love, though, the aspect where... As you know, young man, young Spielberg, old Spielberg, young Spielberg. There was this in ET. He was like, "Hey, the aliens are. You know, we don't have to be afraid. The aliens are here. They're, they can be our friends. Yeah. We don't have to be afraid of the unknown." And then older Spielberg is like, "They would totally yeah, kill yeah, us. Yeah, totally, <laughs> they would totally murder all of us, guys." Well, that's one of the things that's so great about about this uh, this movie in 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 general. I think is because it's it's a scary movie mm-hmm. until yeah. the end. Yeah, that's true. And then you realize, wait, they're not evil. They're actually cute and apparently friendly and just kind of hard to understand what they're doing or why they're here you know and it's never explained they're I like mean, me it's all about yeah exactly it's very much the same it's like yeah you're fun to fun to watch but yeah some of the things you do i, I don't i don't understand why you do them <laughs> but um but you're probably benign and uh, we're going to continue a dialogue and see if we can actually uh, make contact and then i'm just like dun, 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 dun. Ah, i knew it and then the monkey comes out and clangs the dude don't symbol. talk about the fucking monkey <laughs> yeah, see there you go it's it's just, wouldn't that be great that's that would be Trey, see, that, why, there, why there, you just there go around go. putting images in people's there you heads. go there you go there's my studio executive version is like at the end could the kid have the monkey and it, he holds it up and it's the one thing that scares the aliens and they all run off in terror of the of the symbol monkey <laughs> and that starts the war and that'll be the sequel yeah and then we'll have a war with them and that'll be the whole sequel Oh God! So this is uh, at the time. This was uh, there was a lot of discussion because this is a set. This is not an actual road. Um, this I is still a, don't know what that guy this guy is about. Uh, dude, he, have you ever lived in the country? There's just <laughs> yes, people have. fucking just sitting out in front of their houses. Like you well, can't they, explain anyone in the country. Well, these are people who who are having the vision. These are people who've already been implanted, and they you know they're sort of every night they come. You're looking at me like I'm making this up. That's that's the answer to your question. <laughs> no, it is. No, I'm just saying. No, I was just making a joke about how much that guy creeps me out. Oh yeah, well, there you know. And I was just making a joke about how they didn't really need to be observed by aliens or be implanted with any sort of idea to hang out that's on true. a fucking hill in the middle of nowhere <laughs> because be, that's yeah. how they roll. It's like the yeah. There's what? Well, I, we just come here every night just to listen to the guy whistle. Is something else going to happen? <laughs> there are places near my folks' house in Memphis where you can just drive somewhere and there's just people standing by the road and it's so fucking the hills have eyes. Just, just driving, <laughs> just driving, just fucking yeah, even the, the that, even, that, woods. even that shot just now, it was like, the, you know, uh, Barry and, and Richard Dreyfus and Barry's mom are, are like in a corner, and then just up in the frame is like the old guy yeah. just watching, <laughs> watching. Yeah. Well, again, that, that's what's so great about again, the first time you see this movie, you know, and I, again, I don't think you can probably even seeing the movie for the first time when it wasn't um, a, a current movie, because you just kind of know. I mean, you kind of, I'm sure, you know, yeah. did, you kind of knew that at the end, the big spindly aliens would come out, and it was kind of a happy, nice yep. thing. You know, you're watching this movie going, what kind of creepy, sh- you know, the old man is supposed to creep you out, right. because you're not supposed to know what the hell's going on. Is this like a Body Snatchers riff? What is this? What's going on? Now, the the story behind this is this is a whole set here <laughs> that they built that originally the effect of the uh, the the ships was a practical rig. They had this big crane and they would swing these big things covered with lights and they would swing them around and they could, they couldn't control them. And they were like, (laughs) we're going to kill all the actors. And, and Trumbull, you know, Trumbull says that he famously said to Spielberg, I can do this with visual effects. And it was like, really? 
He's like, all right, we're going to shoot both ways, but I'm going to shoot, you know, we're going to shoot a plate without it, and you have at it. And of course, it ended up. And he came know, back with it. It ended up working, but uh, again, it was like one of those like crazy ideas. Oh, Doug, you, yeah, I know you think you can like just put the <laughs> UFOs in there. You go right ahead if you, you want so to take a can, whack at that. We can put something in. After it's been shot. You and Dennis Murin in 20 years. I don't get it. Yeah, you wacky, wacky guys, you. Holy, wait. Jurassic Park was filmed 15 years after this. It's weird, because you think of it being, this being a really old movie and Jurassic Park being kind of recent, but Jurassic Park's 20 years old. (laughs) Yep. Yep. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Anyway, Fucking, um, you're going I, to die soon, T. Yeah. No, it's coming up. Man. <laughs> I also, I, I also want to. Uh, I, there, there was. We were talking about what makes Roy likable, and there was also the aspect of he nearly kills that kid <laughs> yeah. by, by accident. But then his, uh, he like crashes into stuff, and his immediate reaction is to check on the kid. Yeah, you know, it, it shows he's a good person because he's not like, what the fuck, you know, I ruined my truck and blah blah. blah. He jumps out and he's immediately like, oh my god, are you guys okay? Right. Um, and it shows that he's a decent person. So that's like his second <laughs> save the cat. Which, yes. but if you're ever, if you are ever in a car accident, please react that way. Yeah, don't be yeah. a yeah. dick. By the way, don't go my car. By the way, on Hynek's scale, that <laughs> was a close encounter of the first kind. That was yes. a close encounter of the first kind. Did you guys? Do, can you guys? Can you guys do the list? Let's see I if you do, can do I, it. I do remember. I, the I list. certainly can. This came up in the in the, in the forum. It's yeah, worth yeah. talking about. First yeah. kind is it's just vi- sighting, seeing lights. Or second whatever. kind, mm-hmm. physical evidence. <clears throat> physical evidence is right. The third kind, contact, contact, and fourth kind is, is abduction. Im- abduction and fifth kind, having their babies, meeting them at the UN, gay marriage, deliberate communication between the two. Uh, uh, like uh, it says telepathic, maybe I didn't even know it went. Fourth kind is it up goes, there. It goes fourth, to well, that, fourth kind is not abduction. Uh, well, fourth kind. Fourth kind. <laughs> a, a human is abducted fourth, by a UFO. No, no, no. no. Fourth, fourth kind. Who's, whose list is this? The fourth scale. They, 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 no, it's no, not, no, that's not high next. High next scale. scale only went up high to scale three. three. That's uh, UFO. That's USO, UFO conspiracy oh, yeah, bullshit. Yeah. It actually says extensions of high next scale. The fourth kind was invented for the movie The Fourth Kind that just came out a couple years ago. That was a Blair Witchy type thing about real. Abduction. Yeah. Although you made the joke, and it, it assumes does, that abduction is part of what they do. It does. Uh, it does extend to seven <laughs> in its extensions. The seventh is uh, extraterrestrial human uh, hybridization. I just. I said that. I said <laughs> yeah. you have their babies. Yeah, that was, yeah. I assumed that was. Fine, That's what I said. Though, gay so. marriage. Yeah. You know, yeah. the next thing you know, you're having their babies. So in, 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 in the made up back half of this thing, fourth is abduction. Fifth is bilateral contact. So so two way contact. Con- Actual, conversation. Deliberate yeah. conversation. Uh, sixth is. UFO incidents that cause direct injury or death, and someone in the forum pointed out, yeah, but the evidence you can have in a second kind can be corpses, so yeah. that doesn't mean... And then seventh is, uh, um, you fuck an alien. <laughs> like Eddie Doty. <laughs> or Tony Shalhoub from Galaxy Quest. Yeah. That was not a joke about Eddie's wife. That was a joke about how on the alien commentary he was obsessed with the idea that she was having sex with an alien. <laughs> Just to be clear. Just to be clear. <laughs> Just to be clear. She is having sex with that alien, right? Because we, we have an image of Eddie punching a pinata, and I'm pretty sure the pinata didn't say anything nearly yeah, ridiculous. <laughs> that pinata. So. The pinata had it coming, though. <laughs> Absolutely had it coming. So, yeah, it's like, uh, in the end, maybe this family's better off than dead left. Yeah. <laughs> if he was going to be like this from now it's on. It's such a... I know we talked about this on some other Spielberg commentary, but it, or maybe in the forum. It really is such an aberration because... So many of Spielberg's films are kind of had these hang-ups about the absent father, and how how, made a how much about, that sucks. Like yeah. how much it sucks when the father isn't there and the father runs away. Right. But, th- but this but one this is. Movie, but he had a good reason. Yeah, you guys. this yeah. is about a father who runs away and he's the hero. It's just so counter to every other like uh, 
every other data point in the Spielberg canon. It wasn't mm. for cigarettes. It was for aliens. <laughs> yeah. It's okay. He went out for aliens one Maybe, day and never came back. Maybe this is him ju- trying to justify his own dad's leaving his family. No, no, it's totally... My dad probably went off to, like, have an adventure with aliens. So it's totally cool because, uh, uh, you know, he's, he still totally loves us. It's just the aliens. Yeah, the someday he'll come aliens. back. By yeah. the way, I think that that was a great little bit of dialogue writing just there. Terry Garris line where she walks up and says, don't you think I'm taking this really well? Yeah, I yeah. love that line. Um, that's, as we talked about, the... Uh, the, the Speak, the speaking the opposite of the subtext uh-huh. is, you know, she, she went, I'm so, f- what what the hell, man? Yeah. I'm so pissed. But she says the exact opposite thing because she's trying to hang in there. I think the making out is a bit of an extension. I do not remember this saying being, <laughs> going this far. Yeah, uh, that's the eighth kind. Yes, <laughs> where you get to make out with Terry Garr, and I'm so hoping we get there someday. But in, in the 70s. But that's such a great little visual moment there. They try yeah, to have a little makeup, yeah. and they start to make out. And then at, at the very end, his eyes go up to the sky. And now here is one of the special edition sequences. Which is also really, uh, really cool because it's forced perspective, this ship. Yeah. Yeah. The yeah. ship is just super close to the camera, and they're really far away. I got caught up on the high neck thing, and now I have a thought. One of the – this is a joke. This is a principal joke, but it's a joke about the abductions is that you're going to get raped by some sort of a probey thing. So apparently – if sex with an alien is the seventh kind, that only means if you have consensual sex with an alien, <laughs> yeah. that's the seventh kind. If the alien rapes you, that's the third kind. It's, yeah, that's it's good. Like, that's some like, good stuff. It's like one-way versus two-way communication. Exactly. <laughs> it's like if the well. alien has sex with you, this is that's a close encounter of the fourth kind. This is people who've thought way too much and way too specifically about alien contact. Yeah. Probably the, for like... Again, it's, the probing but, bit actually made sense to me, by the way, when it came down <laughs> the to... Anal probing. The anal probing. When because you were a kid? People were always like, why would they probe us and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, that's the part of this that makes kind of the most sense to me because... I can understand dissection. No, but, well, if they're trying to study us, then you, you know, just like we do with... They're like, hey, what's that? What's in here? No, just like we do... What's this do? Just like we do with whales and stuff, you put little trackers on them. And you put it on, like, the back of a whale because a whale can't get to it. But we can get to everywhere on the exterior of our body, so they got to get it up inside us. I never put the... Haven't you ever tried to scratch the small in your back? (laughs) I never got the... uh, Hey, hey, I never got the touch of they're putting a tracker in you. I always thought they just, like, got, like, a... PVC and we're like I that's the, that's that, was, that was always my that's the next generation yeah. is is the implants the concept of implants and again there's you know people claim they've been implanted people have even found here's the implant and it's actually a splinter that they've had in their toe for three years or whatever um, here the, we go the reveal the, the whole shot. idea of yeah and, and nicely staged with a moving camera and everything the again at this time UFOs were fringy enough UFO abductions even UFO people were going don't get here with that bullshit go away with that shit yeah UFO abductions you know, we're, we're the, okay, yeah, no, UFO is one thing. We're very serious scientists over here, but those people are fucking batshit. <laughs> and now that's become a thing where people are kind of like, that's an accepted part of the UFO lore. And, and then they implant you and they turn What's you back loose again. What's sick is I can kind of understand the distinction. It's like we're a bunch of scientists that are trying to track what these fucking lights are. And now you're talking about aliens raping people and putting things up your ass. Well, I can see that. I can see the distinction. There, there's, making. you know, there, there are uh, like Neil deGrasse Tyson. He talks about it. He's like, all right, remember when you're talking about unidentified flying objects. The key word is unidentified. You can't say, I don't know what that is, therefore it must be alien spacecraft from outer space. If you don't know what it is, you should stop. (laughs) (laughs) You should stop until you know what it is. That's right. It's like people at the time paid a big big deal on the fact that, you know, the Air Force actually has a program to to look into this stuff. Like, yeah, there's shit in the air over America. 
They're curious yeah. about what that is. Sagan was involved in that, <laughs> yeah. as I recall. Who was? Yeah. Carl Sagan. Oh. He was, and he wanted to find some shit. He's well, like, yeah. Please. That's, that's the thing. I just finished uh, Tyson's uh, book, Death by Black Hole, and he says the same thing. He's like, yeah, I would love to believe that UFOs were real, that they were actually happening. But until I see the evidence, yeah. I can't. There isn't. There just isn't any. Yeah. That's I, the problem. For me, personally, growing up, you know, I, I was never really raised religiously towards any one thing or other, so one day it was like... One day I, w- I woke up and was like, you know, Santa Claus probably isn't a real thing. And then one day, not too much longer, I was like, yeah, God probably isn't either. But <laughs> yeah, because there's, there's really the same thing. Yeah, really, they're really, there's not much difference. There. Everyone but, talks about him, but where are they really? But I, I held I on Ricky to... Ricky Gervais' thing about that. He's like, I, I held on to Santa Claus longer because he was at least possible. <laughs> <laughs> and there uh, were tangible benefits from Santa Claus. Yeah. And hey, there's at least there's more evidence for Santa Claus yeah, than there exactly. is for God. Yeah, um, I've seen I've seen Santa's picture a lot. <laughs> Sagan and, and Bacon but, uh, are both good things, and Satan's a bad thing, and they all rhyme. What? All right. Anyway, I know mm. we ta- I think we talked about this on the Ghostbusters commentary, but I held on to belief in ghosts and UFOs way way longer than I oh, did yeah. because I had a real actual emotional investment in this is what <laughs> I wanted to believe. I wanted these things to exist, and especially UFOs. UFOs more than ghosts, but it's. And that that was, that was a harder thing to let go of on a personal level I, I, and than, I, than God or Santa Claus. I still would, and the Loch Ness Monster and all yeah. that shit. I would yeah. love to believe yeah. that that shit's out there. But like we talked about, especially now, it's like, all right, if there were, if there was Bigfoot, if there was the Loch Ness Monster, there'd be a thousand YouTube videos by now. A thousand. Yeah. <laughs> you know? I, uh, you know, classic Spielberg, just the long shot yeah. into the room. <laughs> he's, a, he's, he's had this shaving cream in his hand for about three days. Yeah. Three days of shooting right now. <laughs> Someone's doing continuity on the shaving cream. <laughs> no, it was a little sh- sh- flatter on this side. Did they were Polaroid cameras around in '77. <coughs> yes. Oh yeah. Okay. So at least that continuity person had that going for them. Oh yeah, Polaroids. Yeah. I like Polaroids. It was. It was by this point. It was shortly after where they would develop themselves, and you didn't have to put the lacquer on them. You'd have to actually. What is do a you say? What? <laughs> <laughs> what does Polaroids originally? You had to do a. You had to smear a, a clear lacquer on top of them, on top of the emulsion. Once, once it had. Developed. Oh, and then they designed the camera to do that. Then the as camera it came now out. it has yeah. now it's in that little sealed pack. Right. So as it comes out through the rollers, it's actually squeezing the emulsion onto the onto the film in the in the frame itself. Science (laughs) and technology. Yeah. I really do feel bad for any continuity person, script supervisor, that existed before the invention of Polaroid cameras. Oh, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It's kind of hard to believe. But at the same same time, they were like... Like they're going to see it twice. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Like it matters. His cigarette is in his left hand, right hand. Who cares? Who gives a shit? They're going to see it once, and if they're paying attention to his face, we don't have to worry about it. (laughs) That is kind of the theory, but... It doesn't hold anymore. No. Now we are in India, correct? Yes. Uh, yes, yes. This is like, this is one of those things like, and then we're going to do a whole scene in India. What? I made Jaws. Right, right, right. India <laughs> right. it is. You India. got it. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Lots of people in India, sure. Now, is this, this is a special edition? No, uh, nope. This, this is, is original. It's always okay. been in the movie. <laughs> the, I think there's a little more of it. Okay. Yeah. But, but it, it's and I love this. I love this. I, I would say yeah. note, but I, I love this touch. I love this detail in the, in the movie. Where it's like, oh, these people are all, they're doing a thing, and they say it's a thingy and the thing. It's like, all right, well, let's go. And it's kind of creepy when you start to hear them like, mm-hmm. 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 Yeah. Ooh, that's creepy. 
it, it, it's very interesting the way the movie kind of examines that it, it becomes, you know, how people deal with it in different cultures and different ways. Here it's become this kind of a cult, you know, it's kind of the, yes, the music of the spheres comes down from the sky and, you know, the voices speak to us and the lights and you, yeah, those crazy <laughs> brown skinned people and their weird beliefs. This is this is such a this is such a Spielberg shot, the long yeah. epic shot. This is one of those ones that just makes me tired with, to look at. Yeah, I feel bad. Thousand for this, people in the yeah, background. I feel bad for the second second AD. Like, yeah. all right, everyone, back over the hill, back over the hill. <laughs> yeah, you too, Gupta. Over the no, back <laughs> over the no. That is get, a get the kid. Somebody grab the kid. All right, over the hill. We're going. No, God damn it. That is a very all right, Spielberg. That's lunch. <laughs> very yeah. Spielberg thing, and and probably from the the classic days. You know, Cecil B. DeMille and all that, because he yeah. would do the same thing. It's yeah. just like there's just chaos in the frame, just total chaos. Yeah. People yeah. running around, even and in the days before Massive, it's like, oh, are there supposed to be a thousand people in the background? We gotta get a thousand. We, we gotta get a thousand, get a thousand people, people. And, and a, thousand, a thousand burritos to feed them. At yeah, <laughs> and uh, uh, but even we were talking about it earlier, like the in. Even inside of a single-family house, he finds a way to have all of that chaos <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> in the frame at all times. There's, I think it's on the IMDb trivia. I think you know Spielberg cast Truffaut because he loved Truffaut so much. He was really nervous about you know having this filmmaker he admired so much on set. So he took him down to the, the big landing pad set <laughs> from the end of the movie to try to impress Truffaut. And Joe was like, "Yeah, okay, whatever." Yeah. <laughs> and, but then he took them to see the the house sets the, with the with the big sculpture of Devil's Tower on it, and Truffaut was really impressed by that because Truffaut never made big movies, so it's like the idea of a huge set didn't really equate in his right. experience. He didn't have any experience it, with giant sets. It's so it like taking someone into a big blue screen room. Yeah. It's like okay, so yeah, but he took him into this. The, the living room set when it was all chaotic, and Truffaut was very impressed. Now this this is a set. Now, I missed this point last night when I was rewatching it, or two nights ago. What is the significance of the hand movements? I know that they correspond with the notes, but does that does that connect anywhere else? Well, he d- at the end, he does it with the alien, and the alien seems to understand it. That's weird. The alien yeah. does it back, whereas I don't. I'm not sure I buy that. I think, I think the alien was like, yeah. what the fu- "What's I this? Think what, the, are you, what are you doing with this?" I think the guy, well, yeah, I think yeah. the guy just did it to the alien. And the alien was like, well, that's, okay. well, yeah. the, "The alien did it back," but that yeah. is what's going on. It's it's the first contact. It's like, what what are the ways that we can communicate with each other? It's like, is there a way that we can communicate without me having to have the the guy with the Moog synthesizer and right. the big stack of lights? It's like, can we get to the point where because because the, the musical tones are the aliens talking to us yeah yeah they're speaking to us that way and so that's our first attempt to go can we make that correspond with these hand gestures that's clever and we I like both that, know right? what that means nice and and uh you know i think both are trying to establish a sense of uh intention on the other part because it's it's one thing if if you just kind of accidentally feel like you're communicating but it's like i'm going to do this and if you do it back, then you're acknowledging that you, at some level, understand what's going on. You're not yeah. just answering well, it's around. A, it's making sure that the exchange of yeah. information is yeah. two-way. It's not, you know, it's not just repeating the information because, you know, you can you can have a parrot that will repeat what you yeah. say. It doesn't mean you're having a conversation with the parrot or the parrot understands yeah. the meaning of the sentence. But by then, by changing the information in some way, I, even if it's just taking the music and converting it into hand gestures, you're going, okay... A equals A over here, so now I'm going to change it so A equals B. Do you get that? And they go, yeah, B, I got it. Then you go, okay, now there's an actual exchange of information. And you're and you're creating some kind of symbology that says, okay, so we all agree that this means one. This means equals. This means two. Okay, now we're now we're getting somewhere. Which is why they always say that usually the usually the the 
form of communication would will be math because right. math it's is the universal. Only universal language. That's you know. which is you know, they talk about that in context. I was going to say exactly at, that at, in the book, detail. especially. Yeah. yeah, in the book they talk about it a lot. Like he he comes up with kind of how would how would you he really create, give like yeah I mean how it, do, how to create a mathematical grammar of understanding right. this means that this means not that this is how we the, you know this is our symbol for not correct doesn't equal you know yeah. and stuff like that and we we get a glimpse of that you know through the you know the visual visually mm-hmm. uh, through the primer in uh, in contact but yeah it goes into more detail yeah about how you would actually do that in the book but I I love the way they because they're basically doing the same thing here with the tones as they are doing that in contact. But it's it's wonderful here because it's it's more it's more emotional. It's it's visceral. It's, yeah, it's, absolutely. It's Spielberg taking Sagan and making Sagan Spielberg in a sense. <laughs> it's like is because Sagan is you know here's the information. Here's how we would actually do Although it. And Spielberg con- is very was sentimental. Contact even out by then in the in novel. Book? No, no, I don't no think so. but the idea it's, is it's actually much around. more. I mean, Heineck, well, Heineck has a cameo in this movie. He gets his own <laughs> he gets his own close up. So you know, Heineck was kind of the guy. Um, who had you know this radical guy who's like, oh, look, I'm a, I'm an actual scientist, and I think we should seriously at least think about how a- we alien this, visitation yeah. and UFOs and and what you know what if they are living things and and uh, you know what what kind of evidence is there really? So this is like this is more of a it, it's in the line of contact. It's more of a hard sci-fi. Yeah, it's not it's not really concerned of. It is telling the character drama, but at the same time, it's going what? What would this really? What be would like? this really be like? It yeah. wouldn't be you know all this epic stuff and blah blah blah. It would be they'd be communicating with math and a a very easily communicable, especially on a movie or something. Form of math is music. Yeah. So yeah, well the the relationship between math and music is very very direct, and I'm sure T could probably talk about that with better skill than any of us could. But that's was, where the music tone thing comes in. Yeah. <laughs> and there's, I'm sure there's a whole, you know, like we talk about. Well, said Teague. Oh, math and music is very similar. Yeah, that's why there's music. <laughs> <laughs> no, but well done. That's, but there's, there's <laughs> like, there is like a specific say, mathematical relationship between the tone. Yeah, and the I, I know. I yeah. know. It just sounded like yeah, yeah. But that's where why there's music. <laughs> like we say, you know, you make sure you have the rule book. To, you know, you don't have to explain the rule book to your audience, but make sure you have the rule book worked out for yourself. And th- whatever rule book they're using, it, there's a rule book there. One of the things also that I think is really this movie walks a fine line that I think very few movies have. Um, I can't think of another example of, you know, most UFO movies are, you know, either go with the, you know, the aliens are evil and they're out to get us or the aliens are benign and the government is evil. And yes. Out to get us. Yeah. Um, this movie is very balanced because it shows that the government doesn't know what's happening yet. And, and the government is doing its job by saying we don't know if people should be trying to make contact. Right. We don't know what to do with these people who are having these visions. We don't know if this is a benign thing or an evil thing. We're or trying a, to protect A you. prelude to invasion. So it's like we're, the, the, the whole disinformation campaign, you know, some very sympathetic characters, we see why they create the disinformation campaign because they honestly don't know what it is they're dealing with yet. I, I, and I do like that there are correlations between like there, there's there's almost a, a plausible deniability in the sense that a lot of the effects that the UFOs had are the same effects that the helicopter right. has on that scene as well. But the helicopter is significantly more violent. Yeah. And and anyone who was there would be able to say no, it wasn't like that. But it's like, well, it's the same effect. It made the but shit then, move. And but then made... that's the logic of the cover story. It's like, well, yeah, I know you thought it exactly. was exactly, yeah. you know, but it was a helicopter. Exactly, it was exactly. Just a helicopter. In the chat room, now I'm explaining <laughs> the relationships that people can play the tones on their uh, various instruments. Nah, <laughs> that's gonna call the aliens, man. Yeah, I know. <laughs> 
Okay, it, it's <laughs> it's hard to type this out. It's easier with it's, I could do it with a piano in front of you. What you're doing is you can do it with we any tone. We have a piano in front of us. We can do it with any tone you want to. You can start on any note on the keyboard. What you're doing is you pick a tone, then you do a full step up. So done, done. Then you do a major third down, done. Full octave down, so the same note bum. all the way down. Bum. And then a perfect fifth up. Bum, 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 bum. Anyway, so what does which that apparently mean? Apparently, t- took them a really long time to figure out as a five-note sequence in terms of in terms of composing it. Yeah, and it's what's cool they about ran it. Through a lot of stuff, even on a on a on a just listening to it level, it it it, it sounds really pleasant somehow. Like it's a very yeah. spacey and and it's melodic kind of, but it's just sort of this formless string of notes that sounds really nice. Well, they, yeah, they were very careful about. We don't want it to be a melody. Which is why they limited it to to five, th- and also because the aliens couldn't sue them then. Um, <laughs> but, uh, That's a myth. <laughs> it's a total myth. <laughs> but um, uh, they they didn't want it to be like a melody that that became like a song. They just wanted right. it to be a little phrase. They didn't want the music at the end to go. So does a melody? They left that to John Williams to do that. A melody has to be a certain number of notes before. No, I mean a mel- it, 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 it is technically a melody, but it's a phrase. Something you call it a phrase. Yeah, a phrase, a phrase, a statement. Uh, but yeah. colloquially, a melody can usually means uh, a looping, repeating motif, yeah. string of notes. It, it can okay. be. It can. So be. it doesn't go back to this, but it does go back to its starting point. It, well, it, no, well if, you, if you repeat it, it, you it can, works. You can, it doesn't okay, sound right. weird. You can loop it, but yeah. uh, it, melody is is a, it, basically. The word melody is only used in context. Like, this is the melody to that, as opposed to just, uh, I could go over and press some notes on the keyboard right now. It's a melody, kind of. I guess it is technically a melody, but it's not like a melody for something. So, so. it's only a melody if it's part of a larger The distinction song. we're drawing, exactly. We're, we're kind of colloquial, making up a colloquial, colloquially, colloquially, yes. Okay. Uh, yeah, it, it, I, I mean, it, this is technically a melody, but they didn't want it to be a song. They just right, wanted okay. it to be a little snippet of notes that would be identifiable but not really something that you would like that was a, get, p- that that was you a could smaller piece to. of something yeah. else yeah for instance if you want to play it at home you can do it on any key on the keyboard <laughs> but i'll give you the one i gave the guy in the chat is um you can do it let's see you could do f g uh d sharp uh then the octave down d sharp and then uh a sharp that would do it or any other combination. It's, it's of listed notes. in the uh, it's listed in the IMDb trivia. They actually, the specific ones that they're using because because it is interesting uh, that they they use a consistent starting note uh, at this point, but then when the aliens show up and they communicate with them, they transpose it up right. significantly. Just so. to see, yeah, to see, does it mean the same if we do this? Yeah. Or but, what does it do? We do or is this? it or is it like Chinese where we just call their mom a cow? Is yeah, that what exactly. just happened here? <laughs> <laughs> but it's uh, he actually says it. He he says it accurately in the movie. His the dialogue, and I'm sure yeah, he, he was told exactly what to semitones say. and major do, fifths. Do, do, a, do a full step up. Do a major third down. Do a full octave down and a perfect fifth back up, and that'll that'll do it in any key. It's exciting. Because <laughs> it's nerdy. <laughs> the scene we were just we just had with the uh, the scientists again uh, getting the the latitude and longitude info and taking us to the next level of the story. Um, again, it's 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 such an unusual scene. It feels unusual because it's a scene we don't see nowadays. Back to that thing again. It's like, well, you know, the government is like, we got the signals and you know, run it through, and some guy will tap a keyboard. And the fact that they're like, wait, it's a map, it's a thing. We, uh, we don't have any maps. You know, I think there's a map in the office. They like steal the globe and this whole crazy, you know, sequence. You know, that's really kind of how things happen. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. really how life really is. And it, it, this goes back to our government conspiracy thing. It's like the government conspiracies virtually never exist, and the ones that do are 
kind of sloppy at times. And, and so this, I love that it show, the movie shows you that, that you know, the government doesn't have this the, all figured the, out. They're the, figuring the, the, it the out. The cloud tank, it's gorgeous. That's some, that's the, some good cloud tank. Yeah, the government isn't this you know perfect monolithic beast oh, yeah. that is, that is yeah. perfect in everything it does. It's a collection of human beings that are as fucked up as you are. And, and by the way, that the scene here with the little kid yelling toys, which is totally creepy. Mm-hmm. If, yes. In yeah. the context of it, they were literally just right off camera shaking toys in his yeah. face. But he looks at the lights and says toys, and you're like, ooh, creepy. Yeah. Literally shiny objects. If you don't know how they do this, Trey probably knows more than I do, but what they're doing is they're separating uh, two fluids in a tank, like water and oil, for instance, or water and something like that. Water, water and salt, salt water. water. We'll do it. Yeah. And they'll, they'll basically come to a level between each other. So all the water will be on the bottom and all the salt water will be in the top and the other way around if yeah. that's the case you, you film it from underneath so you're just looking up through an aquarium and then you pour something else into it and it'll eventually find its level between those two fluids and you get this bulbing cloudy thing and you can do that in different shapes and ways that's how you get the thing at the end of raiders of the lost ark where it of course separates a hole in the clouds you can do it with a baster and kind of drag a cloud pattern around if you want to and that's there, how you get a ghostbusters and it's, too, right? and it's so yeah. they did it in like cool. ghostbusters they did yeah. it in independence day which yeah. to this day i still think about the last cloud tank. yeah i was gonna say to this day, i still day think you get better results with a cloud tank than with cg when you're working with that kind of cloud effect if that's the effect you want then yeah do a cloud so there's tank. The, there's the shot we that's were talking shot, about yeah. we talking about this when we were recording or was it before so we should go into that spielberg was interviewed he asked he was asked what would you say is the image that you filmed that sums up your career and he said it's the shot close encounters with a little kid opens the door and there's a lights outside mm-hmm. and he said it's because you know this little kid doesn't understand what he's looking at he's excited he's also scared it's something beautiful and awe-inspiring outside but we can't see it uh and it's just you know, you know the common life in here and the external life out there and we're looking out at it and all those things he said this basically sums up symbolically all the things that i like to make movies about now again yeah. one of the things it's it's this scene is scary as hell. Oh, yeah. This, this, this is a scary, scary scene. Terrified the shit out of me as a kid. And I think I is this. I think that the shot inside the flu is added as well. No, it's always no, been in there, and it's one of the few missteps. I, I really, really wish it wasn't there. I think, oh. that's, I think it's one of the few shots I would have left out. Why is that? Because so, suddenly it's the one in a long time we're in the alien's POV. And it's like it, it's it's like well now it's now they're sort of now you've made it into a thing. It's like well now it's just a thing coming down a chimney as opposed to whatever the hell it is. Is it you know because you don't know. It's like you don't know that there's aliens yet. You know, is this robots? Is this you know ghosts? What the hell could this be? This that, that the chimney shot always kind of like eh. the, I old, guess, but, the older me would have left that out. The I younger guess, me would have. But um, but without it, I don't think it would have been clear what the hell she was doing. Closing, closing the vent. Yeah, you could well, not, not to us now. Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, you could, without that shot, but you could have got the shot of from from below, looking up at the at the damper. Oh man, this the, the screw, like yeah, just again, like, it reminds me so much of of um, of signs. It just, oh yeah, signs, yeah. signs used I mean, a lot of this, but it made off, the aliens, but, you know, were yeah. not benign. Yeah, That's, uh, yeah. But but how much you get away with without visual effects and like with light and smoke. Whenever you whenever and a screw. Whenever you watch a movie like this, you have to imagine it's like, all right, how would anyone make this movie today? Not like this. <laughs> they they would not be as simple as the thing unscrews and then light and smoke comes out of there. We would yeah. be seeing crazy things going on. Um, they'd be spending millions and millions and millions of dollars <laughs> on CG and compositing. On various stuff that you don't need, because all you need is you know the screw, the lights, and smoke, and then the vacuum turns on. You yeah. know, it's by the way for way our, for our younger viewers, what she's using right now that's a telephone. <laughs> <laughs> I but w- I didn't see her Twitter app on there. Yeah. It's before they had the Twitter app. Oh, actually. oh. It, it's true. It, one thing that makes uh, 
that makes uh, uh, like scary movies especially very difficult nowadays is the fact that uh, at for a long time they relied on isolation. It mm-hmm. was like you can't talk to anyone, you yeah. can't get help from outside. You're on your own with this thing, and that no longer exists to a large extent. Which is why the you know they did the super edit and stuff like that. Of um, that's why the phone will run out of batteries or they will be out of right. ser- service signal. or something yeah. like that because can't you get a signal because you've got to create that you have to you have to situation. contrive that isolation yeah. now yeah, and, yeah. and it's a lot harder to con- con- contrive that isolation in the modern world yeah. there was yet another uh, yet another one of those uh, cracked lists was like you know 10 classic movies that would have been ruined by cell phones yeah, you know? yeah. <laughs> it's like the whole problem of the movie we're like you know beep 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 hey guess what we're going to be 10 minutes late oh cool yeah. <laughs> no movie <laughs> Romeo and Juliet. Yeah, exactly. Look, I'm going to fake my death. My parents are totally going to fake my parents. That's going to be awesome. Don't freak out. Don't freak out. I'm not actually dead. Cool. Yeah. You wouldn't <laughs> even have to call. Just text. Lol. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Faking my death. Don't freak out. Lol. <laughs> Boyfriend's okay. dead. FML. Yeah. <laughs> FML. My this- life fucketh. <laughs> Is this a, like the same hospital or whatever from Jaws? It feels like the same little corridor. No, it's just the 70s. <laughs> yeah, it was all one hospital in the 70s. <coughs> so where are they right now? Well, this is more special edition stuff, right? I mean, the whole... I, d- I think this, I don't recognize this scene as much, yeah. so I think this might well be a special edition. I could be wrong about it, but I mean, she's, she's clearly on her way to the, clearly it was shot at the, the time. Yeah. I don't think it was a reshoot because all, you know, they right, wouldn't, right. you know, they got Terry Gardner. Yeah. Right, they, yeah. it was leading into this scene. Yeah, That's right. yeah. Yeah, this is the scene where the Air Force guy is telling him, hey. That's right. This scene was, in the, yeah. The, the, the scene in the hall, I think, was just omitted, but this is this scene is from the movie. Lens flares. Lens Spielberg, flares. Spielberg, you hack. J.J. <laughs> <laughs> Abrams, you thief. Yeah. Now, of course, I, I've, you know, I've worked for, I've done projects for Psychop and the Alien Autopsy, Debunking the Alien Autopsy. You know, so, and we've done, uh, we've done, shown how easy it was to fake UFO photographs, even Five years ago, you know, without Photoshop, with everything, you know, <laughs> so easy to fake a fake a UFO photograph by literally throwing a hubcap yep. across and shooting yeah. it with a film camera. Trey, odd question: okay. Have you ever done that? Have you ever yourself gone? I'm going to get one real quick and like found like a thing. We in your did backyard. a whole. I didn't do it. I didn't do it in an attempt to make it legit. Try and make it pass it off as one. Here's the, here's the guy, by the way, saying the line. You know, we've never filmed a plane crash or an ax, uh, car yeah. crash and put it on yeah. the news by six. And it's like, well. Go on YouTube, type yeah. in plane crash. Yeah. There you go. Or car crash. Or my car God. crash. Yeah. But, and yet, where are the UFO videos? Um, we, we did it for uh, the local branch of PsychUp, uh, Center for Inquiry in Hollywood, where, where we did you know, we did a demonstration of some famous UFO photographs and said, here's how simply we, we were able to recreate the same exact effect. And, but we, I never, although we talked about it many times and it has, <laughs> been, it has been done by other people. Um, have passed, have have like deliberately said, we're going to create a hoax. We're going to put it out there. We're going to see if anyone bites down on it, so so that we can then sting them by going surprise. The backfire on that is, no matter how many times you do that, people will still believe the bullshit. Version. Right now, yeah, it'll be like the government so made you, them say yeah, that. Exactly. Did you go out there with strings? You're just, just claiming that you made that. Did you go out there with strings, or were you just like throwing strings, like strings, hubcaps, like frisbees? You can literally throw a hubcap. One of our guys got a great photograph. Of, I think it was the Grand Canyon where he threw the top of a, of a Mr. Coffee lid. <laughs> he threw that across the Grand Canyon, into the Grand Canyon, and got got pictures of it. And he's like, "Oh my God, a UFO, Grand Canyon!" Um, yeah, they're, they're still online. The, fo- the photos I took, I did some in the backyard. I even did one. My 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 crowning achievement was um, 
because then the argument that people like us make is, well, it's just, you know, hanging it. You know, you can't tell the perspective of it. It's actually a small model close to camera rather than a large thing far away. Um, I did one where I shot one because this was a famous UFO photograph that people say, hey, oh, they do that one. And it's clearly like a model railroad tree that they put the model UFO in and then made forced perspective and made it look like it's on a big hillside. So I did the exact same thing. I took a, I took a, uh, took my model and hung it up in front of a, a fir. And then I took a, literally I took a branch from the same fir tree. So it was exactly the same color and texture and stuck it in front of the camera. So it looks like the UFO is behind the fir tree. Oh. And it's, you know, it's, it's uh, freaking seamless. It's, uh, you know. So what Photoshop filter did you use to really make that effect seamless? Uh, Kodak, uh, oh. strangely oh. enough. Like they, Kodak. Just filed Kodak, for, uh, no they just filed for uh, bankruptcy yeah, protection. Protux- yeah. protection. They're not in bankruptcy yet. They're just going to be in like two months. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> well, wow, that's a 130-year thing that's just going away. Well, they are... It's not. It's, it's not, not going the, away just yet, as Mike said. You know, it's like digital cameras. Just because they don't make the cameras anymore, they still do need the film. But yeah, obviously, they're not buying as much of it. Yeah, they're, tr- they're trying. I, I heard a story on NPR the other day. They're trying to get into the printer market again. They're like anything, anything. Yeah. Okay, we're gonna start selling our patents, guys. Fuck, that sucks. Well, that's the thing. It's like you know, a lot of times businesses will go into bankruptcy, and basically, as a as a uh, strategy to basically refinance, they're not going. They're not going into bankruptcy to disappear forever. Not all the yeah. time. But when you're selling off your patent portfolio, that's not that's, exactly. That's, yeah, you don't come back from that. I'm sure it was really sad when the horses and buggies started going out of business. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm oh, hate. look at you being all cold, Mister <laughs> Mister Mister Frosty over yeah, here. Yeah, Mister owns a red. Yeah, <laughs> I I, uh, I had to work on a, uh, a a short film at one point where I had to go to Kodak and pick something up from the actual like shipping and receiving oh. department, and it's this cavernous, this really amazingly cavernous <laughs> tumbleweed, tumbleweed. Where spa- uh, warehouse space, and. There was nobody, and I yeah. I stood there for like five or ten minutes, just w- li- like a fo- maybe that's literally. the problem. They, you could just walk in and take whatever you want because no one's there. It was literally a football sized, you know, football field sized warehouse, and there was not a soul in sight. That's I how had. I felt last time I went to Blockbuster. <laughs> yeah, dude, <laughs> yeah, it's Blockbuster like that. is getting to be a thing, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we'll do that in the intermission when we talk. About <laughs> yeah. <it. laughs> Uh, oh yeah, so so here's Tower. the they're creating the uh, the cover story. Oh yeah, there's a disease. I have, blah, blah, I have blah. never stopped wanting to go to Devil's Tower ever since yeah. this movie. I would love. I really am curious. Like, to see it's in Tower. Utah, right? Wyoming. <laughs> wow. Okay. <laughs> what? Not sure if serious. You just you just saw a giant <laughs> close up three times in the movie. They've said Wyoming, giant <laughs> capital letters. I'm not, dude, I'm not reading it right now. I was looking at you. You were talking. I was trying to give you my undivided attention. Yeah, it's it's in Wyoming. Every is, it's one of those states that we always forget we have that one. <laughs> Why, you know, is that one of ours? You know, Wyoming? The, the state that's that I not, always forget that's exists. one of the square states, right? Yeah, the state that I always way up high with mountains. Delaware has got to get something going on because I always forget about Delaware. Yeah. Well, that's, a, that's an actual state. You can literally hold your breath and walk across Delaware. So Dela- that's, that's Delaware. Yeah, but at least Rhode Island, state, sir. Rhode Island for a tiny state is still like, it has a personality sort of. Maybe it's just because it's like, it's the small one. But still, Delaware, it's like, Delaw- you know, Delaware ha- is the state with the lowest, highest point. They should start putting that on fucking license plates. <laughs> Delaware <laughs> was the very first awesome. state, and they haven't done a damn thing since. Except for uh, they make it uh, just resting on that laurel. <laughs> there's no there's no corporate tax in That's uh, true. in Delaware. So, so every, every, uh, every every corporation in the world is in Delaware. Is in Delaware in, in the same building? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's just like one lady with it with a phone. You know, Kodak, my help. You. <laughs> that said, aside from the one thing I know about Delaware, which is that it's the state with the and this is true lowest highest point. 
Yep. All states have a highest point. Delaware is the lowest. <laughs> so if you if you're a mountain climber in Delaware, you're, you're like you're fucking, done already. Exactly, you're done. You yeah. finished. But the other <laughs> thing, stand up. The I'm thing there. that stands out in my head about Delaware is that my dad got a pun sort of joke. It's not even like a joke. It's just like a funny thing to say. Uh, and Delaware is part of it, where he says, "What did Delaware? Idaho, Alaska." That's a that's a classic. Yeah. And my dad used to say that, and I'd go, "Oh, that's me." <laughs> my and then dad I found five dollars syllables. <laughs> Yeah, uh, Mom, why is Daddy crazy? What this this movie always Del- makes me uh, want where? mashed potatoes. <laughs> it's, ne- it's never yeah. the opposite. I never yeah. get mashed potatoes and want to do the thing. I always <laughs> watch this movie and want, <laughs> want mashed, mashed potatoes. potatoes. I've totally done the thing with have mashed you, potatoes. Have you ever more. been sitting and eating mashed potatoes and then wanted to watch Close Encounters? <laughs> no, I can't think that I have. These, these are really goopy mashed potatoes, though. I yeah. say. What is it with Spielberg and food product placement, man? Jeez, again with the fucking Reese's Pieces and... Just, he, and potatoes. He has buddies in the potatoes and candy lobbies. He's got clearly got lots of money from Idaho. I actually know this reference more from UHF because I watched it more growing up. But he does the Weird Al does the thing in the movie where or he the mashed potatoes. He's, was it in a Simpsons episode too? Where he goes to clown college and he's building a clown tent out I, of the mashed I, potatoes. I, I, oh yeah, that was my favorite. He's got the tongue out and everything. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, although it pleases me to say this, UHF did it first. Ah, this is this is a great moment. Yeah, it's just. And, uh, yeah, look at the kid. That, look at the kid nail that performance. I mean, yeah. that kid is like, that's one take, baby. Yeah. And the kid's just like, wow, daddy's crazy. Yeah. And that's really upsetting right <laughs> now. <laughs> and I'm, that, I would rather not be, not, that not be the case. Yeah. We talked about <laughs> it on some episode, but I don't remember when it was. And this is a very quiet split diopter shot, too. Yeah. A really, shit, a really nice thing. And you can see it a little bit if you look for it. Yeah. That's great. But they hit it on the, on yeah, the post on the thingy. And it's hard to do a split diopter on a shot with wallpaper that heinous, but whatever. <laughs> yeah. Um, we talked about it in some movie where if an actor needs to cry in a scene, he'll go into some dark place or, or, or something that's happened to him or imagine something that happened to him. And, and he'll, he'll, he'll store it up and action and he kind of brings the scene to that and then there it is and it's, he's emotional in it. I don't know how a kid does that. Because on one hand, kids are better at pretending. But on the other, a, contr- like a controlled burn in terms of crying by yeah. a kid seems really difficult to attain. Like, how much of the kid is conscious? <laughs> In, term, well, in terms of, yeah. I know what I have to do in this scene, and how much of it is a kid like playing in front well, of the camera. You'd be surprised at how smart kid actors can it's, be. You know, there's, yeah. the, there's the old stories about how, yeah, well, we told him his dog died. Roll camera. You know. <laughs> or, <laughs> yeah. Well, there's that famous story from uh, Kramer versus Kramer where they needed the, the kid to cry after he fell off the, the jungle gym. And so the kid couldn't they do it. They fucking pushed him off the jungle gym. Yeah. <laughs> the kid wasn't getting it because the kid obviously was a kid and not a trained actor. So Dustin Hoffman just kind of kneeled down and said, okay, so, you know, Jimmy, the cameraman, you know, when the movie is all done, we're not going to hang out. You're not going to see Jimmy anymore. <laughs> and, you know, you know, Bob, the sound guy, you're not going to see him anymore. And it's kind of did that to it. It's like <laughs> yeah, all these Jesus. people that you like, all you're your not going to hang out with anymore. Away, yeah. and that was, it, was, it, was it Lamette who did the slapping thing? Yes. Yeah. yeah. That's That's... Then, Less damaging, but more damaging. Yeah, the famous, and regretted it. And the, <laughs> the, 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 well, uh, famous story of uh, uh, Blue Lagoon. Uh, the director claimed he had uh, Brooke Shields simulate <laughs> orgasm by like twisting her big toe really hard and having her just cry out in pain. Like, ah, <laughs> that's funny. That's a, in the chat, Braden says, "You know, when the movie's over, we're going to kill Jimmy." <laughs> yeah. See, see, Hoffman did the nice version of that. <laughs> yeah. where he didn't like, you know, yeah, you know, uh, you know, uh, kittens, they all die eventually. <laughs> if you don't cry, we're going to have to kill Jimmy. Well, uh, yeah. Dustin Hoffman's like, you know what's really sad? Feline leukemia. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, really it happens. Ha- happens all the time. That's, well, that's the fine line to walk when you're doing the method directing thing. It's yeah. like, you got to fuck him up for the day, <laughs> but, but not for life. But not for life. <laughs> and that's, that's where I think, I mean, we, we, t- so, we, we talked about Lumet and, and slapping, uh, was it Meryl Streep? Who was, who was the actress? I forget. Uh, but 
I don't remember. Where he he talks about uh, whatever movie it was and whatever actress was. The actress needed to cry, and she couldn't. She was feeling blocked, and she couldn't do it. So in the middle of the take, fucking wham! He just walks up to her and smacks her, and that and that takes and that did it. Um, I know we talked about on the Shining commentary. I'm actually okay with that because a slap is you know five seconds, and then you're fine. And as an adult, you can go okay. My face she, hurts. She got it afterwards. Yeah, she was like, I'm I totally see why fine. you did that, and, and I appreciate it. And well, then the, on the other side of the coin, you have like what Stanley Kubrick did to uh, uh, Shelley Duvall. Duvall in The Shining, which, if you look at her after the fact... Right, the point we made on The Shining is like, it's kind of Stockholm syndrome She's yeah. like, oh, he helped me a lot. Yeah, he yeah, got me I mean, exactly where such I a good director. to be, and he was so great, and I understand it now, and I wasn't bringing what I needed to bring to him, and I disappointed him, and it's... And it's she really, might not have been freaking out, but the subtext of what she was saying was, "It really, it was all my fault." I was like, "No, no, it wasn't. <laughs> no. you, door, you poor girl, it really isn't." It's like, well, Daddy needed to because I was talking back to him, and you're just watching. She might honestly, she might have just that was just the way she was talking that day, and that's how it sounded. But it looks an awful lot like she was like out of her mind. Yeah, yeah, like a slave to the cult of Kubrick. Speaking <laughs> yeah. of out of their mind, this entire family. She was one of the first yeah, of many. Yeah, this is again, this, loved, this is pretty hardcore stuff. I mean, this is this is this is a family in crisis. Yeah, this is an intense. And there's a, scene there's a moment I never I never saw or never picked up on before until watching it last night. In the middle of this dramatic, he's in the bathtub and he's crying. He's like, "Help me, please, help me!" And he looks down and goes, "Hey, my watch is waterproof. It's still working." <laughs> like, what the hell, yeah. dude? The floors are so clean. <laughs> but it, but I mean, that's that's the kind of thing that happens. You're like, I I need to stop being so crazy. I yeah. need to distract myself somehow. Like your 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 brain just tries to latch onto anything just normal. It's like, hey, well, let's talk about something else right now. Okay, so it just kind of got mentioned here a second. He he basically got fired because he said he saw a UFO. Yeah. I mean, that was kind of a carryover. Which is from- actually a scene that's no longer in the movie. There was another scene of of him at work talking about the <laughs> talking about his experience that, that that was in the movie at one point. Okay, uh, go ahead. Uh, but, well, there's you know we we find out he gets fired in in this version of the movie because she gets the phone call and you know she's trying to talk them out of it, but he doesn't even get the phone call uh, or doesn't even talk to them. But the entire town has seen these UFOs at this point. The UFOs have been chased by the cops. At what point does this horrendous yes. social stigma of you know being a UFO nutter go away when you have an witness pool that <laughs> when large? When is your plausible deniability off? I think yeah. well, I, I I disagree that the whole town has seen it. I think you know it's it's still a fairly localized thing, and there is the disinformation campaign where even people who might have thought have legitimately seen it have said, "Yeah, you're right. I'm going to stop talking about that shit because I'm you like know. the pilots do." And yeah, the, well, the, he, just, just, that's clearly the idea. He's just not letting it go, and he's going farther than anyone else with it. Which is why he wins. That's the thing. It's it's a bit, from a skeptic standpoint, the theme right. is not yeah. that great. Well, and we the, the one who like, didn't get help, who clearly needed it most, yeah, is like, the hero. And we, no, and, blind faith wins out in yeah. the end. Yeah. No, 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 and, no, it, no, yeah. no. And we also had that entire scene where he did this incredible psychological damage to everyone he's ever loved. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And in the end, it was all worth it. <laughs> you know, they don't get like they're out of his life in the next like yeah. five ten minutes. They they who she, knows. She takes him to her sisters yeah. or whatever it is. Who, right, who knows how many years of therapy each of these children is going to need? <laughs> but oh, it's no. okay. There's Another Pinocchio. He got what he wanted. A star cameo there. But this is yeah. This is uh, you know a little turning point. Oh, he's got an Enterprise. Yeah, Enterprise. Look at that. And the Klingon ship. But nice. you don't see that anymore. But the uh, he's 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 almost okay. And then not. And then it gets just a little too real. <laughs> 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 then he's like, oh, that's what was there and should have been missing. Wait a moment. 
Yeah. Now I've got it. Mike, do you have any problems with this movie? <laughs> <laughs> You've been quiet, and I want to throw something else into the conversation. Do you have anything where you're like... Not sure of serious? Serious. <laughs> because... <laughs> No, yeah, because I've been saying. Waiting for you to rip this to shreds, Mike. Come on. Airbender well, no, no, this no. baby. Come I'm on. Just, I'm not. No, 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 no. It's just, it's always interesting when it's like, I love this movie. Well, what don't you like about it? Well, I've been well, saying, I, I, I think it it rewards him for the wrong things uh, and and doesn't really, it, it, it tries to justify it like we talked about. He's not, uh, you know, he's not necessarily within his own control, you know, this is something that came from outside and was planted in his mind and stuff like that, but he still does abandon his family after horribly scarring them, uh, <laughs> and the movie never really repairs that, um, and he's rewarded for that. So that is a, a little bit questionable, but, I mean, you would know. It have, okay, now this is obviously a joke, but for the purposes of making an argument, would it have actually had more of a payoff if once he gets onto the UFO, he gets, like, brutally murdered by the aliens <laughs> and then it's like see no that's what happens when you leave your fucking family that no. would have been the wrong way <laughs> to take it been. i think well i i, I just in I, terms of a payoff though <laughs> it's the movie saying is this right is this wrong i don't well, know but, no, no, well no, the way to, the way that's I, not what that's what, not what the theme is it's yeah. just an aspect but what i love about the movie well. is it never answers that question he goes on he goes on board the ship he almost took he, his kids fingers off yeah. with, with taking the show he goes on board the ship and we in the good version yes literally do not know what happens after that we he, literally he's stepping into the unknown. Only he yeah. is. We are not following him. Exactly. Yeah. In the in the real good versions of this movie. Um, so it, it, I love the fact that the movie stays very open-ended. This is literally just sort of, it almost plays out like a documentary. It's like, here's here's what happened when humans and aliens first started to kind of hang together. Meet Roy. Yeah. <laughs> he's His whole life is ruined. He gets to meet aliens. That might or might not have been a good thing. We don't know. But it, it's, I guess that's a that's an interesting uh way to approach it is this movie kind of has a documentary style feel and it is just sort of saying here's the things that happened here's some fucked up things that some of the people involved did and then that's uh, interesting it that's seems interesting. because it seems it's, it's pretty like, clear that it's going to work out okay this is but a, we don't know we don't know and the movie never actually says one way or the other if this was really good or not you that's know? a subtle touch because there's two ways the act of uh, your movie kind of going in weird directions that the audience is coming can go one it can seem like well, you, you you didn't really have any control of the movie, and it's kind of it just doesn't work. And the other way, and the way this goes, and the way that I think we should aspire to, if we're thinking about writing things along these lines, is that you're you're not you you basically make a movie that feels like it wasn't directed, which sounds obvious, but it makes like a movie where we we this is the story as it happened, and this is all we can which do is about the goal, it. Which is the goal of any film or any movie, yeah, and, but, and any any profession within that. Anytime you notice somebody's acting or you notice the writing or you notice the Or you go, I know where this is going because yeah. they're, they're setting it up and they're going to pay it off and it's going to be that thing that they then that's do. Then that's the people involved not doing their jobs to the extent that they should be because if they're really doing their jobs to, the, to perfection, then it should not feel like a constructed story at all. It should feel like a reality yes. and you should that lowers the suspension of disbelief as low as you possibly can make it and it allows... You to get into it. It, it allows you as the audience member to forget that what you're watching is fake, which is necessary and an absolutely necessary component of watching movies or, or listening to stories in any capacity. And I would contend that that is why, that particular thing is why we have such a, a hardcore response, negative response, to things like leaps of logic and plot holes. Things like that happen, like you, you don't get mad when the color is different between two different shots, even though you know the timing is close, I don't care. Plot holes we care a lot about. I think it's just because when we're being told a story, we want to feel like we're in the story. And any movie where it can play this card where it's like, 
look, I know this is fucking weird, but this is the honest story of how this happened to these people. Even if it doesn't, at, at the end, if it doesn't do its perfect payoff shit in terms of, well, this guy kind of left his family and then, end of story we'll see we don't know what happened to him he might, it might have been a bad thing but if to it do. felt real it but felt it like felt real. Yeah, a real person going through an experience and it felt if the movie's manifest result is it felt just like a thing that was happening and it was really fascinating the whole time that might be a success even if it doesn't follow any sort of real structure well, that's how a lot of these found footage movies kind of get away with yeah. it because that's what they're doing. That, the line I would draw, actually we talked about it recently in intermission, is uh, weirdly enough the, the movie The Descendants, which is a strange, you know, because The Descendants is about people going through difficult emotional things, not handling it very well, doing a lot of bad things as a result, and not a lot, you know, and doesn't end with hugging and sharing and growing and caring. It ends with, well, that was messed up, but tomorrow's another day. Live and learn. Holy fuck. Yeah. That, wow, that was a thing that just happened. So maybe maybe that's the missing component of this, because actually it's it's nice that Roy is not a completely black or white hero or villain. He's He's a guy with a fucked up family who's fucked up himself, and then the events of the movie make him more fucked up. And hey, that's just the way life goes sometimes. Yeah. So he's not, a, you know, he's not a perfectly flawless, you know, movie hero. I don't think he or his family were perfectly they, they were, fucked up. Before they weren't this fucked happened. up before, but, they, but I think it's the no, issue, I mean, the issue the is the that they was... are fucked up now. <laughs> There's no argument with that. No, so, their family was clearly dysfunctional before the events of the movie already. What are you referring to? The well, okay, so we we don't see. I think that, I th- I, it strikes me, me that they me, were functioning as much as any family. Yeah, there's there's functional. you haven't been married yet with four kids. If, if the kids are alive at the end of the day, the family's fine. It's weird <laughs> to me. Even, even though the even though the scene is post his ex, his experience, the scene with him with the the train set, but the you have the other kid in the background who's just wailing away yeah. on the on the the with the with the doll. He's just banging like, the doll into the he's wall. He's just banging the doll on the thing, and that, that's clearly like a that's not. If you're a better dad, five minutes earlier, you're telling him <laughs> to knock that shit off. How many kids in your family? <laughs> Yeah, uh, I can. Yeah. I was a half only child, so yeah. Yeah, see, so when there's four, the one as long enough, he's not. It's not a cat. It's not one of the other kids. Go ahead, <laughs> a half let only it, child. Let it roll. Well, my sister is ten years older than I am. So. Oh, okay. Yeah. Sure. So for half the time, you were the Ask only child. Ask her if she ever let you bang the, the doll against the wall, just because. Well, whatever. At least he's outside. Hi, Tracy. My my parents have talked about that to an extent. They're like. Because I'm the I'm the first, so they were like, "With you, we were very careful, and like yeah, we, exactly. we thought first we might, child's like, Ooh. we might break you in any second." <laughs> look but by how the time you turned, by out. the time yeah. we got to the third one, it's like just sling him under an arm, yeah, be fine. <laughs> get that, put it in the kitchen. Why don't you? I don't know where that came from. You have two but siblings. The, I didn't know you had two siblings. I know you have a sister. You have the, yeah, you have the Ewok sister. The Ewok sister, yes. <laughs> so you have no. a little brother you've been I, hiding I have all the this time. Brother. Um, what what Star Wars movie is he named after? None so okay. far, okay. as far as I know. <laughs> <laughs> nice. And well, to get back to to the the point Brian was making before we we sidetracked it, the whole idea of this is a very unorthodox story by again by modern standards because it's about a guy who you know instead of a transformative experience. It's a life-destroying experience is what he's having, and his, his former life is destroyed, and other people's lives are destroyed by it, and the movie doesn't really judge. The movie kind of says it's a celebratory thing, but the movie, again, in sort of documentary style, more says, well, and then he got to go on board the spaceship, which I guess is a reward, but who knows? It, and, it's more like, well, his, yeah, okay, so we destroyed his whole life through this process, but at least at the end of the day, he got to go on a cool road trip. Maybe it's like, <laughs> you'd say... I'm sorry, I didn't mean to just burp right now, but um, you might say a a current movie, even at the time, most movies, just most movies throughout history, most movies are about, in some way, we made a character's life better and they realize why that's important. 
somehow. One way or another, they realize the meaning of this crazy thing that happened to them in one way or another, interpersonally or with crazy-ass magic bean shit or something. This is more, we ruined a character's life and we showed you why that matters. I honestly don't think most no. movies these days Actually, rise wrong. even to that standard. No, well, I think they do because that's the formula. It's like, we have to like the character, he has to yes, win, yes. he's our surrogate, we want to make sure the, it's a positive the, ending. All the, the shit the, we talk about on Down in Front, frankly. Yeah, yeah the, the ones that do rise to that standard, they definitely follow that form today. And it's it's not, you know, in the 70s that, that form wasn't as clear cut. So you could have this guy who's, you know, somewhat fucked up and somewhat not, and his... He just gets more fucked up, and at the end, maybe a happy ending, or maybe not. We'll just jump back real quick. This is Spielberg, goddamn you, director Spielberg, you're so good. Yeah. I mean, this yeah. is all this one take thing with the. I mean, just, it's so it's so maddening because you're, you know, here you're the audience person going, I know more than the character. Yeah. Turn yeah. around, turn around, goddamn it! Look at it. It's right Look there. Look at the TV, goddamn it! You know, just making you, you know, it's the two things happening at once in a scene and one held, long held take. And yeah, which from, is, uh, and again, <laughs> it's like, bing. Yeah. We, th- we look at this nowadays and we're like, yeah, I see that all the time. It's like, no, no, they couldn't like comp and, and slide yeah, the no. edit. They had they to actually, nail that. They actually had to like ready and go and, and cue it up and play it back. But I, I think what we, what we were talking about earlier, it's like you, couldn't get away with this movie. I think we what we've touched on is you could, but not for what this movie costs. Yeah, this, this, is, you, an in, this uh, is an indie movie. This is yeah. the indie movie. This is a, this is a vague, that you, you know, morally vague yeah. indie movie. You raised you raised the funds on Kickstarter, and yeah. you <laughs> exactly. you put this together, you know, with with uh, a couple computers in your basement, and uh, that that's how this movie gets yeah. made today. But, but this kind of movie or you're, does or you're, still get made today in that. Yeah, sense. or you're a really powerful. You know, filmmaker who's made a, several hits. And it's a vanity project. That yeah. you can go look. I know it doesn't have the happy, conventional happy ending, but you know, and they're like, "Well, all right, you made that last movie." That all right, we're not going to give you a whole lot of money. Okay, Soder- not okay, Soderbergh, but it better not cost too much. I'll yeah. tell you that. Now, like a modern version of this, like we've talked, we've compared it earlier to like another Earth, which I haven't seen, but I've heard mixed things about, uh, and and Monsters, which got generally the same response. Another one that came out uh, last or maybe two years ago was Mark Romanek's Never Let Me Go. Did you guys see that? Another mm, independent sci-fi touchy-feely movie. I've heard really good things about it. Fucking, have, uh, I've heard things. Spider-Man. I don't think about it. Andrew, Andrew Garfield, Garfield is yeah. in it. And uh, it's, it's, I was really enjoying it until it was over. And I was like, no, but fuck. <laughs> but that might be the response that that movie was trying to get out of me. Right. So, no, but I fuck, know. I don't want it to be over. Or No, but I, but you know, I need one more thing. Or uh, yeah. if you did that, you'd have to do something else. Yeah. Shit. There's one more piece oh, no. that you didn't put in that you really need. It's not sort of like that. I mean, it was. It, it's by not the end, tied up in a bow. Damn you! Well, it wasn't like that. It was more like it was like going to a, a small mansion, like a shed. It was going to the shed <laughs> a little bit, <laughs> but it was fine. I mean, I recommend it because Mark Romanek is the kind of the the director that people talk about. Fincher, like Fincher is Mark Romanek is in terms of he he fucking he diagrammed the shit systematically in, perfectionist, just fucking nutso perfectionist. Uh, and the result is a, a good. It feels loose for being a hyper calculated movie. Uh, if you liked One Hour Photo, same director. One Hour Photo is a very underrated film. It's very just, underrated. Yeah, completely came and went, and it's you really need to stop and look at that movie and go, "That's a fucking movie." Yeah, it's one of those movies where I'm not sure "like" is the word, <laughs> but <laughs> yeah. I would say you should watch it. Yes. Still have yet to see it myself. Here we go. Like we were talking about before, oh look God. at these extras. Look at these extras. All dude. Nobody look at the camera. Oh, that dude, look at the camera. God damn it. Can't, right. can't even paint him out. <laughs> no, no, we can do it. Shut what? up, Doug Trumbull. <laughs> <laughs> well, not for 20 years. Now you're being crazy. Yeah. No, they could, but they would have to literally have painted him out. Yeah, yeah. We yeah. forgot Solaris. That also go on that list. Yep. 
Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of even Soderbergh, say Soderbergh. Yeah. Soderbergh. Soderbergh could make a movie like Solaris because he made Aaron he made Eleven. And Moon yeah. was built that way, even though it wasn't marketed that way. District Nine, same ish deal. And District Nine is the exception that proves the rule, where you go, "Oh, look, a movie like that can." You know, but that movie actually does District have. Nine is, it's fairly formulaic, yeah. really. When you come down to it, it's like, "Oh, the guy learns his lesson and becomes a hero." No, I love District Nine, but it it's it succeeded partly because it was formulaic. Yeah, it's not the, it's not the one that right. just kind of meanders towards its point. The the way we're talking about yeah. it was formulaic with the indie feel. Yeah, yeah. right. You, you have the to, distinction you have, we drew was wanders towards its point. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, you have to watch when you're talking about these sorts of things. Like, you know, Indian style or Indian type of story you're telling. Mm-hmm. Because like, there's a lot of, I think the artist, which I liked a great deal, is that you know it's very Indian style and in that it's doing this you know crazy different thing and it's doing that very well. But if you look at the actual story by itself, Brian, we don't say Indian anymore. We say Native American. Yeah, I kept hearing that. <laughs> very Indian was, style. Was I saying Indian? I'm sitting <laughs> Indian sound, style. Sound, right? Yeah, it's a, no, which, uh, you're sitting Native American style. Sorry, Thank yeah. you. No, very no, no, much. no, no. These days it's called crisscross applesauce style because it's not politically correct. <laughs> ah, that that is how who my made that up. That is how my niece and nephew has to applesauce. Yes. That. Indian stuff. Wow. Crisscross. Can kids out. still do the thing or is that out too? <laughs> no. Because that's fun. And they can't say honest engine. Honest. Oh. <laughs> the word is engine. I always thought it was engine. Yeah. Engine. Yeah. That makes sense now. I thought me. it was like Thomas the Tank Engine or something. Yeah, yeah me, exactly. Me, honest engine. Dude. That's an idea. What? Thomas the Tank Engine. engine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, the little engine that little could. engine that could. Oh, that's sad. <laughs> He should die in the Trail of Tears, and it'll be it'll wander towards its point. <laughs> in the in the happy hunting ground. Oh, there's so many yeah. puns. He could go to the farm. Oh no, 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 no. no. Now we can stop. <laughs> now. Let it yeah. go. Let it go. <laughs> Save it for an intermission. So this is it. They Spielberg the hell out just there. There was a serious Spielberg. Look at that. Well, big the, push in. They're both like wah wah. The reason I don't personally, I don't think a lot of at least the additional government stuff of the extended <gasps> director's edition. I think I think how. The reason I think it actively harms the movie as it stands is because there's, there's uh, less mystery. Get, well, getting to from this point in the movie on, and it's culminating with them in the helicopter before they're about to get uh, carted off. There's a suspense of is this a cover up or is it not? Is the n- nerve gas thing oh, yeah. real or is it fake? And so there, you have that moment of suspense and just this moment we saw where they're like, okay, are we really going to go forward with this or not? Right. And then when they take off the masks, later in the on helicopter, that leap of faith, that yeah. leap of faith. But and we like, know there's no concern. But yeah, with having well, but, seen but everything, none of the added the, scenes changed that. The added scene is the cot epoxy, which doesn't have anything see, to do with I, the gas. But I don't remember that much of the government stuff from the version I saw as a kid. So I was under the I impression that was uh, extended no, no, stuff. It was always in there. All right, the cot epoxy. It was extra epic stuff they added. It was you know, let's go to the Gobi Desert and shoot a ship in the desert. You know, that was special edition stuff. By the, by the way, we we should just just make a note. I mean, because we. Mentioned the special edition, we're like, oh, Lucas got his closet. <laughs> but I will point out the difference between George Lucas, the way he does it, and the way Spielberg did, is Spielberg went, well, just in case you liked one of the previous versions, here I'm not a fan are. of them, but yeah. here they all are. I'm not going to pretend they don't exist or not let you see them in full quality. Yeah. It's, it's, I'm just saying this one is the one that I would It's kind of recommend. unusual that he disavows the, the E.T. special yeah. edition, too, you know, but but I, I agree with him, and I respect him for saying, yeah, that was, we went, no, it was a wrong idea. A lot of that was bad. Shouldn't have done that, but you can have both. It was out there, and if <laughs> you happen to like that one, then you can still get it. It's just a, it's a matter of, a certain matter of intellectual honesty, like, yeah, I made a mistake. Sorry about that. Here, I've, I fixed it, or at least I've done what I think is fix it. But here's also the mistake. Yeah. 
And, it's, and Lucas doesn't want to do that. He was like, no, this is right, and this has always been right. Yeah, I never have, did that. We have always been at war <laughs> with Eurasia. <laughs> yes. Yes. I, I, I do like how deep the government thought of it. They're like, some people are probably going to get through, so let's have some dead animals. So and, we'll put some dead animals out, and, and, and we'll even have gas that kills birds in case they have birds on them. And, <laughs> I always don't like that moment in a movie where the guy looks away for a second and looks up and goes, oh, shit, and slams on the brakes because there's a thing parked in the middle of the road. Because I don't think you can be surprised by that unless you're coming around a turn or something. If you're on a straightaway, you notice, oh, look up there, like way up in the distance or something on the road. Interesting. Yeah. Drive, 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 slow down, stop. Yeah. You don't like you don't you don't get surprised by the van in the middle of a straight yeah, highway. They seem there's like a moment like that in uh, uh, in the new Mission Impossible with the. When they're driving into the Burj Dubai. Right, like, yeah. You, you it's it's right there. A, like yeah, a, a 10 mile yeah. road with yeah. nothing in the way. And the road all, goes to the horizon. <laughs> yeah. You know, and you, all of a sudden, these camels are in front like, of you. Oh, no. There's the. Yeah. What do you know? But uh, it, this, this movie does a little bit of that in because uh, later on, the mothership, it's like, oh, how did we not see that <laughs> behind the mountain? Yeah. <laughs> it's back there. It's like it's like the Louis C.K. routine about his kid playing hide and seek. You can't see me. We can totally see you. You're, you're you're twice the size of the mountain. You're back there behind the mountain. Is this beardy guy the dude from Lost? He was on Lost, I believe. Was Bob Balaban? Bob Balaban. Is that the same guy? Because Bal- I keep looking at this guy and thinking it's that guy. He's been in a lot of things. He no, was... no, oh no. He's he's he, not the he's not the he's bug eyed guy. But he's yeah, yeah. I've seen him recently. And he... sorry about the bug eyes, Bob. <laughs> <laughs> he's he's no, in uh, he's in Christopher Guest. He's in Christopher Guest yes, movies more recently. That's what it is. That's where I know him from. Thank you. Because I'm like he, looking. I'm like he had a famous uh, uh, recurring uh, stint on uh, Seinfeld for a while. Yes, that show. Yeah, he was obsessed with Elaine. He yes. was the TV executive who is obsessed with Elaine who got eaten by sharks later or whatever. Right. Yes, that guy. Okay. Oh, and he was the movie critic in uh, Lady, Lady in the, the Water. Water. Yep. Oh, well, haven't seen that. I can't believe you saw it, let alone remember it well enough to just start calling yeah. out cast members. I've seen all Shyamalan's films because that's the only way I can hate on them with intellectual honesty. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. That's why you read the Twilight books. Exactly. I, I salute you. I admire you. I, I appreciate the effort, yeah. and I'm glad that you, have you qualified. did that, so I don't have to. Yeah, exactly. I, and this is a At scene, least that, this is a scene I've always liked because, it, and, <laughs> and, and, and one of the things I admire with this movie, and I'm trying really hard to, to keep this sensibility in a project I'm putting together right now, is I because as I've said many times in other commentaries, I hate the unilateral conspiracy where it's just this all-powerful thing, when in fact, if there is any kind of conspiracy, it's made up of different people who probably have different ideas about what the conspiracy should be doing, and if it's doing the right thing, and if they should even have a conspiracy. And I really love this scene because both these guys, but we've seen both these guys, or all the, both these sides, we've seen what they've gone through, and we understand why each is suspicious of the other and being cautious about what they say and what they reveal, and but as an audience member, we're going. You guys are on the same team. <laughs> you guys can just understand. You're actually on the same team. You're both good guys. You're all good guys. Personally, I think it's a mistake to put Bob Balaban and Richard Dreyfus in a movie together because they're they're, just, they're they're the same guy. Yeah, that, that's why they get Bob Balaban have the big beard, <laughs> big Balaban beard. Yeah. So it, it, it is really interesting that there's no. You see the tension between him because he's like, oh, the government types and blah, blah, blah. You're like, I'm not getting that from this scene. I've seen that scene, and this is not that scene. Yeah, it's a feeling of like, oh, he's he's seen the same, you know, formulaic science fiction <laughs> movies that we've all seen. And so he's walking into that room with that trope. Mm-hmm. And I think there's – are they speaking French right now? Is yeah. that why it's not yeah. subtitled? Yeah. 
So famous yeah. story about how Bob Balaban's French is terrible, <laughs> apparently, <laughs> or he couldn't speak. Maybe, maybe you know, he he's got only some... he's only good enough to to actually have a conversation, yeah. which is again one of the nice little touches of the movie. It's like, no, the government didn't get the best French translator in the world. It's like, who do we got that speaks French? The, the map guy does a little, I think. Yeah. yeah, fine, whatever. And he even says he's like, this is not what I do. Yeah. He just well, happens to speak some French. This week, I was working on a project that was in Chinese, and we did the same project again in Russian and in Hindi. Is that a language? That's a language, yeah. Uh, and it was literally, we need someone who speaks Chinese. Craigslist, two hours later, someone showed up, <laughs> and indeed, they sounded like they were speaking Chinese. Well, They gave me answers. That's all I know. Apparently, yeah. in, there's, in, there's in, multiple kinds of Chinese, first of all. As, as part of his uh, audition, they asked him, you know, do you speak French? And he responded, in French... Not very well, <laughs> and he thought some for sure someone there would hear the terribleness of his French yeah. and get that he was, d- he was doing awesome. a, doing, a joke. doing a joke. But they but they just heard French, so they're like perfect, <laughs> sweet. <laughs> now here's the thing, of course, you know it's it's just so hard to believe nowadays that that thing is there. Uh-huh. That's a thing, Devil's Tower. Yeah, and you can just that imagine. was an actual photograph somebody took. Yeah, on the day all those shots of Devil's Tower in are shots place. of a thing called Devil's Tower, which exists in Wyoming. And it's like that's got to be a thing where first the Native Americans and the settlers like coming over the hill, going, "Okay, what the fuck is that? <laughs> that is weird. That is not right. That shouldn't be there." I can't wait to to see it. I'm going to Utah later. <laughs> okay, good. You can probably see Devil's Tower from there. Yeah. You do that. <laughs> you can see... Uh, You'd be like one of those tourist people walking around Utah going, where is Devil's Tower? <laughs> where is it? It's like well, in the Pee Wee movie. When do we get to see the basement? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> of the Alamo. Very nice. Utah has arches. That's a pretty national park. Not a Devil's Tower, but also a big rock. Several big rocks, from what I understand. Yeah. Is that Liam Neeson? What are you doing here? <laughs> he's, he's in everything. Save us all. Get out of there, Liam Neeson. <laughs> he said, save his family. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> from wolves. The aliens stole him. Oh, man. I this, don't know if who this you movie are. had taken a turn <laughs> right there. The other day, my buddy Megan went to whatever movie just came out with Liam Neeson the in gray. it. The, the Gray. The Gray. Hey, speaking of the Grays, The Gray. Yeah. Um, and she's like, I was going to this after party, and I bumped into an incredibly tall man, and it was Liam Neeson. And I was like, oh, what happened next? And she was like, well, he said, oh, sorry. You know, oh, sorry. And and, and he kind of did the thing. Sorry. And she said, and I gave him that, you were kind of underrated in The Phantom Menace, even though your character didn't belong in the movie look. I'm like, oh, that's a good look. <laughs> <laughs> I understand. And what he, you got me. He, he got me. He totally, totally got it. He did like the it. chest bump thing. He gets that all the time. He gets that a lot. Liam Neeson is Irish. Yes. <laughs> Just for the those playing the home game. <laughs> Sorry, in the yeah. chat, someone's like, he's British? I'm like, no, he's Irish. It's just that I can't which do accents. Is not, which means he is not British, I think is the way we've... He is in the United Kingdom. He's, 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 a British, he's in the United Kingdom, but he's not British. So no, well, it, depends on, it depends on what... Pe- what oh, God. Is Ireland or Northern Ireland? Well, uh, no, 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 because it's the British Isles, plural. He says so Northern, mean... Northern Irish in the chat. Oh, wait, he's, it, that means he's, he is in the U.K., no, no, no. The no, UK. No. Oh, my God. No. Ireland, Ireland doesn't include the – Ireland's not part of the UK. Yes, except for Northern British, Ireland. But the British Isles is including England. So he is British, but he's not a member of the UK. Ireland together. Who you says, see, don't you'll be poisoned? You're sitting right there with the guy who just took his thing off. <laughs> see, yeah. The, is there see, air? Yeah. You, you don't, don't know. Seeing the government side of them planning everything destroys the suspense of that moment. I don't think I it does. I, I – I, I, I don't think it does at all. I think I think he, well I think, he still thinks. I don't that, think dude. there is suspense. You know, it's like you could always kind of go. Well, maybe there is. You know, maybe the, maybe the government's gone as far as to like 
you know, actually do it. But it's not really a movie that that scene is not That's to not me about, about suspense. It's about it's about you know He's he does he doesn't know for sure either way. You know, so does he have the he have the stones and who, who's he going to convince? I think one of the things that I, I always thought was really interesting about this movie is the way whether or not it's what the aliens wanted or whatever were there's this 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 ongoing weeding out of we're going to implant all these people with this image of this place and only a few of them are going to make the connection and then only a few of them are going to actually try and go there and then we're going to try you know and then only a few of them are actually going to get there. Um, why did they do all of that? Well, that that's what uh, Truffaut's whole speech is about, is we don't know why, but they are doing it. This is something they're doing on purpose. These people are being summoned. It's really not right for us to say they can't go because they're the ones who should be going. That's what's supposed to be happening. We just don't understand any of it. That's the problem. And it's a great example of the just-so story idea of the sense that, you know, people gave flack to War of the Worlds because it's like, oh, well, of course this random dock worker guy is going to be Tom Cruise and of course the movie is going to be about him. It's <laughs> yeah. like, no, the, the movie is following him and we put Tom Cruise in that role because if we follow the guy next to him, he gets vaporized <laughs> yeah. in the first 10 minutes and then you don't have a movie. Exactly. That would be like, funny. That we, the, the, movie, the, the star of the movie all the time was the guy in the sweater there. Exactly. It's like, <laughs> and the movie ends and the helicopter lifts off and that's the end of the movie. Yeah. And then you see the, then you see he gets the other gassed, guy running off into the He gets hills. gassed halfway up the mountain, roll yeah. credits. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> Like no, that's not how stories work. They, yeah, you no. can't do that. That's not the way you choose to tell. Those Once those upon a yeah. time, there was this. You guy pick who, the guy, and then you yeah. you you pick yeah. the guy who tells the most interesting story as the example, and then you put the famous person if, in that role. If you were actually making a documentary, that could happen to you. Yes, exactly. And it's not a very interesting documentary. And then you kind of go, you know, that guy who was his best friend. He actually is okay. We'll just start shooting yeah. more of that guy because we'll, he's more interesting. We'll follow him. Yeah. This uh, this always uh, this, this got a big laugh in the theater is because because. Uh, the response when I to answer your question in a way is it it really wasn't clear, you know. So this got a laugh in the theater that as soon as the helicopters lifted off, all the government guys go, Whoa, we can take these off now. <laughs> that was always a laugh in a live audience when I in my experience. All right. So now we're about to lead into the climax the third where act. like which is practically just it's like the ending of two thousand one almost, but making more sense. It's like, okay, I get what's going on, but it's just visual like we're not actually getting anywhere we're just having this experience which at the time i'm sure was just like oh my god this is the most amazing thing ever it's like what do you, what do you mean like, by they're not getting anywhere though because i mean they're they're traversing physical distance they are uh, well, quite I mean, literally by the, getting by somewhere. the time the, by the, time by the, the actual contact by home. the time the contact comes okay it's but, like the contact just kind of goes yeah on that is just the scene just, of like stuff happening yeah it really okay. is you know again which is unconventional it's kind of like and that's it we just sit and we watch the laserium show yeah and then he walks up a ramp um, well, listen, um, young man, I like your movie idea for the most part, yep. but I think the third act is a little flat, don't you? I think we shouldn't can, he do something? Can we amp that up a little bit? Uh, something can explode. Yeah. yeah so can the, he bring a MacGuffin to this? The, yeah. the, the evil government people try to interfere and and bomb the ship. So Maybe you're saying either. that all, the whole time the government was just trying to make this contact point with the aliens, and they're not actually doing anything technically bad? Huh. I don't know. You think that's going to be clear enough for the audience? Yeah. That'll never fly in the blue states. Yeah, no. <laughs> they, they, we've got a lot of data that shows that people insist on government conspiracies in their movies. Apparently. Because <laughs> why else does that keep happening? I do like that little aspect the, the, where he's like, no, no, it's going to be in the box yeah, canyon. This, Trust one me. The, one, of the great, one of the oh, great yeah. lines where he says, I didn't. That's next not, time try sculpture. Next time try sculpture. It's <laughs> 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 a brilliant, brilliant line. I also like it's a nice touch that the. We're not going immediately to the well of the government is trying to kill them. The yeah. government is just trying to put them to sleep and 
yeah. you know, to, the to get never through the end of the day. Like, yeah. we, like we talked about before, the, the government's just going, we really don't know what might happen to you if yeah. you get end up there. We're yeah. trying to, it's for, it is. Apparently aliens are going to come and make contact. We're freaked out of our fucking minds yeah. right now. We have enough to deal with without yeah. you lunatics climbing all over the mountain. All right. We can't be responsible for what happens to you. <laughs> yeah. It's really important that you're not here because this is an uncontrolled is situation. Is there like a precedent for something awful and act of Gaudi happened to my town I'm going to sue the government because they didn't protect me well yeah yeah never mind yep <laughs> yes there is yeah wow okay yeah the government has a interesting and believable motivation yes well it's, 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 it's despite what look at that fucking look at that thing that doesn't seem real it, does, it like geologically I don't understand how that would it's happen it's a it's a dead volcano that's a that's the lava plug from the center of a volcano with uh. the volcano removed. So that's a big hunk of gra- that's a big hunk of granite. And and if Igneous if, rock? if uh, yeah if if uh, lava cools in a certain way, it makes this sort of geometric fractal sure, yeah. crystal shape. And then, the, another, mount- and then an- the mountain itself left. And then the mountain itself is gone. So so it's uh, there's uh, there's another there's another structure I don't know where it is uh, called the Devil's Post Pile, where they're actually fracturing. It looks like Superman's. Fortress of Solitude done in in granite because they're actually these hexagonal things that are fit together like a like a big pile of pickup sticks and they're actually huh. fracturing. It looks like it that can't, is awesome. Looks like it can't possibly be real, but it's real. The thing about Vasquez rocks is if you look, I I, I got really into it a couple of years ago and learned everything about it. The way that happens, and you've heard us refer to it before, it's like Vulcan or on the original series, it's Arena and a bunch of other random shit. It's that weird rock formation where it's kind of at a weird diagonal angle and it's pointy. It's kind that, of jutting up out of the earth at like a forty five. At like a forty five, yeah, it's weird. Uh, and with that, it's it's much more. It makes more sense intuitively than this does. Uh, but it's just sedimentary rock, and then rock was forming under one half of it, not the other, and it just sort of pushed it up into a ramp. That should be flat, you know, plumb with the ground, but it got pushed up on one side. Science is so awesome. And anyway, on, on what we're what we're doing right now again, it's totally like, and now the helicopter is going to come by. Everybody ready? <laughs> yeah. It, it, it's magic hour, so we got like two minutes to get this shot. Here yeah. we go. If we don't get it now, we got to come back tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. We got to climb, climb all the I'm way back up. I'm showing everybody the Devil's Post pile, yeah, so you guys yeah. can't see it, but it's really cool. Yeah. See, it's, 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 it's the same phenomenon as Devil's Tower, but even more pronounced. Thank you, Seth, for your phone. <laughs> Look at this. this helicopter flying over a guy what? at magic hour. Why does he say Shoot. Los Angeles there? It's, he's hitchhiking. Oh, he wants to ride back home. Well, okay. I wonder what they were crop dusting with just then. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's just it's just like the kid. He, they shook a helicopter in front of the guy. He went Los Angeles. <laughs> now we're starting to get a little effecty. Look, oh yeah. Now spotlights the, the sky. In terms of a map, if you were to look at where, what their their route is going around Devil's Tower, all of the stuff they arrived at is on the opposite side of the tower from where the hangar is, right? Uh, that's what they're presume so yeah that's yeah. what what they're presenting anyway yeah so how is it, all the government guys getting around the other side is there like a i guess they're just kind of taking the dirt path around in trucks <laughs> they took the, the, yeah. the road they don't have they don't have to walk over yeah. the thing yeah they don't have to hide from <laughs> yeah, each so other we'll just take the road they can take the they can take the foot route <laughs> just leaving these guys fucking frodo baggonsing across the fucking <laughs> yeah one does not simply walk to devil's tower <laughs> Is he is he falling asleep from the gas? Is that what the I think implication that's, is? I think that's one of the ideas. Is he's getting a little dose of gas, uh-huh. or he's just tired? He's had a big week. <laughs> he has had a rough week. He's already lost the other guy from falling asleep. Yeah, the yeah. other guy already fell asleep. The pro- yeah, they, yeah, he was too far back. The, pro- the problem with this this little sequence has always been the set doesn't feel like 
and the way it's shot, it doesn't feel like the slope should be that hard. It's like, why does he just stand up and walk up that yeah, slope? Yeah, um, It doesn't feel like he's climbing a cliff, which is the way it's presented, but it doesn't. It just doesn't happen to look that way, which can be very deceptive. I mean, a very what looks like, well, it's not much of a slope in real life. You know, <laughs> it's like you can't walk up it. It's like, no, you have to climb this thing. Well, that happens all. I mean, that, that's a whole special aspect of filmmaking is, you know, things look in real life completely different from how they they play quote unquote on yeah. screen and it's a matter of making the stuff that doesn't play play and the stuff that plays not play if it doesn't yeah so here we go it's quite a little map painting there yeah, yeah. You, even in this version you can see there's a little a little chatter to it oh and I, yeah I, I love that aspect of it it's you know that's you know the unseen movie the unseen story it's like the guys are still setting up they're right. still getting ready it's it's a great <laughs> touch like hey is this one on when I'm ready. All right, how about is this one on? All right. Uh, that's again. It's it's. I can't. What other example is there of the government conspiracy where you actually see the conspiracy? You actually see them doing the conspiracy, and the conspiracy is not. And, and you watch five, the, five the guys are setting up. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. not. And the conspiracy is not five superhumans sitting at terminals who can do anything at any moment at the touch of a button, and you know turn Will Smith's shoes into leather into you know <laughs> liquid from space or whatever the conspiracy can do these guys are just kind of like yeah we're a conspiracy but it's our first one and we're kind of kind of kind of knocking it together as we go conspiracy five yeah that's right good conspiracy everyone good conspiracy that was good that was good good game good game that was good it's again it's i i that's that's really how the government does things that's you know the government is just people kind of going well though we should probably try and attempt this i suppose and, uh, you know, cool. when does a movie show that? Yeah. So here's where it gets kind of neat. Yeah. If, you're, if you're not watching along with us, listening to this, now we're seeing the lights move around in the sky. They're making all constellations. Yeah. Little, little, just little dots. By the way, the first time I found out that you can just look up at the sky and if you wait for a couple minutes, you're probably going to see a satellite go by. That blew my fucking mind. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. my well, dad was like, you... oh, look, a satellite. And I looked up and there was a star moving. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like. Well, where where have I been this whole time that that shit's going on? If you don't live in a place like Los Angeles where you yeah. can actually see stars, but, that's but like, you can see the uh, the space station is bright enough that if it flies yeah. overhead, you'll be able to see it. But there's like hundreds of geosync satellites yeah, that yeah. you can see if you're if in the you, middle of nowhere. If you really go out in the into the wilderness where there's no light pollution, you can see uh, all of it. Uh, just look, just literally, literally. Regularly. Next time you have a dark night and you're kind of <laughs> bored, a uh, dark night, just <laughs> lie on your back, look at the stars, give it 15 minutes. I guarantee you'll see something. Just like, hey, that one's, what the fuck? Just slowly moving across the sky, just doing a thing. Okay. Well, my mind has been blown. And that's us. Human beings did that. Did not. Yeah, with help. <laughs> well, with the I aliens saw the help, History Channel. Yeah. Now, this, uh, I remember reading an interview at the time where um, the actors were saying, it's like, well, what, what direction did you get, considering that these things aren't there, you know? And, and the, the whole concept of acting against things that are completely not there was still fairly... Not a lot yeah. of actors have had that experience yet. So uh, I think Melinda Dillon said, well, Spielberg says, uh, just, you're seeing God. So, so that's what she's playing. She's playing, there's God. I'm seeing God. I'm seeing the actual manifestation of God, however she thinks of that in her head. You know, that's that's what she's acting. As a very young kid, I got this movie mixed up with uh, Batteries Not Included. Ah, uh, yeah. Quite a bit. <laughs> I can see that how. Is. That is. That's like the home game version yeah. of Batteries Not Included. These Some of these shots, I think even this one, it's like... Uh, maybe not this one, but there's one where, yeah, where they just pan over and there they are, and it's like, yeah, just okay, this is yeah. it, people. Nowadays, well, well, nowadays it's like, you know, if if I were working on a project and I had to do that shot, it'd be like, 
three minutes. I need one tracking point. I don't even need yeah. to bust out Mocha for this. But back then they were like, we're gonna what? Okay, gonna, just, we're gonna pan over. For and the love of God, pan black. really slow. Can you at least yeah. do that, please? Please yeah. try not to jiggle. Yeah, that'll ruin the shot if you jiggle. I I wonder if they even. Uh, I'm sure they probably use motion control and stuff like that. But they were they were still like we don't. Oh, well, this is uh, this is one of the pioneers of motion control photography. I mean, this and yeah. Star Wars yeah. at the time were yeah. like, this is them so really existed, figuring out yeah. those techniques. They would have had it available. And I also because they were right around the same time. This is one of the first movies where they were like, "Hey, Vista Vision, how about that? <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> we should uh, we should think about that." What is Vista Vision? Vista Vision when they when they. Uh, when TV started scaring people yeah. in the in the movie industry, <laughs> and rightly so. Uh, when they, TV was going to destroy everything, yeah, and and just, it only destroyed half of everything, yeah. as it turned out. Uh, instead of proposing bills like SOPA, the uh, movie industry started trying to innovate. Hmm, crazy, uh, and uh, <laughs> no, they no, they first they proposed bills like <laughs> SOPA, and then they refused to do things like we're not selling you any of our movies for your little yeah. visual box. Fuck you. Um, uh, but then they started having to come up with reasons for people to go to the theater, and one of them was widescreen. Uh, we're most familiar with anamorphic widescreen, uh, but there was also a thing called VistaVision, where they would run the they'd run the film 35 millimeter film sideways, so that uh, basically they would print a frame on what was two frames of 35 millimeter film. But the benefit there, as opposed to 70 millimeter or 65 millimeter, was no distortion. Well, there's no distortion, but but more of a more of a uh, a benefit was you could use regular 35 millimeter film stock. You didn't have to pay yeah, for you'd expensive have to do film 70. stock. You, you're you're, not, you're doing you have to buy specific film yeah. for. But how do you project that cinema. back without there being you a, have to, a well, frame you have, bar? You have to vis-a-vision projector. You have to have a, a, a special projector oh. for it, and or you reduce it to 35 if yeah. you're not showing it in a widescreen. Clever. Theater. And and the the thing about it was that anamorphic pretty much one out uh, anamorphic and just cropping it for widescreen um, when they when they went to that uh, but later on when they went to uh, do Star Wars and and this film uh, they started they went hey if we just shoot plates with 35 millimeter and then we optically print them together it's going to double up the grain so every and and for every layer it's adding another layer of grain so so uh, visual effect shots will get just prohibitively grainy. They'll get ugly, and you'll be able to tell what's going on through the optical printing process. But if we if we shoot all the plates on VistaVision, which is like twice or, or maybe four times, I don't remember. It's kind the of the difference between between NTSC and high def. Yeah, it's like it's like four times as much yeah, picture. It's, it's four times as much and, picture. And probably red is another step up from that. And you scale you scale it down, and the grain goes away. So if we so if we do all the step printing. At high the optical res. printing at high res, we scale it down, the grain will yeah. basically disappear, and then we do the one more print onto 35, and it'll have just yeah. the regular grain right. structure. And or the other thing they realized was that <laughs> wait, we can we can shoot a locked-off shot that has more more picture than we need, and, and then we can around. you know and we can do it, but then we can just push in because it's still better resolution than 35. Mm-hmm. We can you know, we can go in 100 percent, and we're still better than 35 resolution. So so you can actually create a camera move on a flat on a flat thing. The Vista and, and VistaVision cameras, the, the VistaVision cameras look like look like like telephone booths. They're they're these giant square. They're about yay big. I'm thinking a cube about a foot and a half square. They're literally cubical. And uh, and they've just got a lens on the front, and they just—it's <laughs> like hell. <laughs> it is. It literally is. And uh, and and there's virtually no moving parts other than like speed and like put a lens on it, and that's it. And it's, it's a it's a giant. It's a box because um, we used them on the blob. We used VistaVision on the blob. The you know DreamQuest used shot VistaVision plates and actually had VistaVision projectors, which are these weird sideways scrolling you know projectors to look at the dailies on. 
It'd have to have two lenses, too, right? It, uh, the projector would have to have two projecting lenses. No, it's no. just got it, one lens. It's just projecting a larger frame size if you're actually projecting it in this division, which doesn't often happen. But it, It's projecting one image onto two frames. It's using but, the but, surface but, area but, of two But frames, frames are only... There aren't little horizontal lines on film. Right. Film is just one long strip of emulsion. Yeah. Right. And it's just exposing it's, it's it. It's the shutter that creates <laughs> yeah. that frame line. So just think of it as like now you're doing it sideways and you're using yeah. you're shooting a frame that's that big every frame you're exposing. Right. And Very it's cool. That's awesome. And and they pretty much because of digital compositing and stuff like that, they don't really use VistaVision anymore. Although apparently I, I uh, read up on it a little bit just so... I was like, they did use VistaVision on this, right? Uh, so I wasn't giving incorrect information. But apparently, they uh, most recently used VistaVision in The Dark Knight for the truck flip. Cool. Really? Because they couldn't, they didn't, they just didn't have enough IMAX cameras for their shoot, and they're like, we got to get Vista this. Vision so they're like, the fuck it, thing. we'll use VistaVision. The digital equivalent is like shooting on a red and crushing it down to HD. Yeah. Right. Nowadays, it's almost it's exactly the same theory. It's just on digital instead of film. It reminds me of one of the misconceptions about uh, <laughs> IMAX digital. When you see the words, some, these days they do it less and less. When it first started, there was a the big IMAX debate because Aziz Ansari is a fucking idiot. I said it. You're funny. You don't know what you're talking about when it comes to IMAX. Um, and I don't know what you're talking about when you said those syllables just he now. He said... Uh, for, the, for those of you who don't know, what was that word you just said? Aziz Ansari, he's on Parks and Recreation. And he tweeted, and he got, oh. a, lot of, it got a lot of fucking Someone coverage, said something I guess. about IMAX? Uh, he said, uh, I just went to... Uh, he actually went to the Burbank AMC, the theater that's nearest to, to me and, and Brian. Or the, the big kind of theater. Uh, and he said, I just saw blank, I don't know which move it was, uh, in, in what they're calling fucking IMAX digital. The screen was the same size. I, I, why did I pay all that extra money? <laughs> the, uh, and, and the whole world was like, yeah. And I was like, no. What, d- you go famous d- d- person. D- 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 yeah. there's a, Who knows nothing? There's a subtle difference. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, the first thing you think of when you think of IMAX is big ass 70 foot by 140 foot screens. That giant fucking screen. The screen at your planetarium. Right. They called it IMAX Digital because when we have a different a different concept, we use a different word. <laughs> IMAX Digital, which is, it's basically effectively the same resolution as an IMAX screen on a smaller actual projected space. And the way they do that, I was reminded of by what you're talking about with VistaVision, where my initial misunderstanding about VistaVision, but it's a misunderstanding about IMAX Digital, so it's fun. Where with those videos, what they'll do is they'll actually have two projectors. Not one. Two and they're both displaying on top of each other perfectly a different subset of a 4K image, each at 2K, but a different subset of pixels. So you're actually getting more perceived detail that way. Plus, most of those IMAX digital theaters are at 7.1, so it's a high-def movie with high-def sound. It's the same thing. Why did I spend these $5? Never mind. Don't worry about it. So it's a sharper, It's just twice it, as expensive yeah. for us to run. You it's should, a sharper image. It's yeah. a way sharper yeah. image. It's not... Exactly 4K, but it's way, way more than either of the 2K that the projectors are But if you, but if you want, if you want IMAX, the IMAX you're thinking of, look for 70 millimeter IMAX. Yeah. That's what. Yeah. That's the building size screen. Which is taking that. Same or you can just look at picture. the building and say, is yeah. there an IMAX screen in there? Yeah. Which is taking that same picture and making it really, really big, and yeah. it holds up because it's very high definition. So that's cool. So movie theater projectors are running about 2K. IMAX Digital runs two of them that are projecting slightly different Im- images with slightly different details on top of each other, and you get. Yeah. So is it not like, quite twice as many, but almost twice as many? Is it like an interlace detail. effect then at that point? You it's, won't see it. it. You won't. You won't notice it. It's it, not a noticeable. They're on. They're. 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 they're the. The. I guess the analogous term would be progressive. They're filming. They're shooting. Yeah. Projecting progressive frames at the same time for both. But it. But it. But it. But at the exact same time. But you're just getting 
you know, I took this 4,000 pixel image and shrunk it down to 2K once and got, you know, pixel one, pixel three, pixel five. And this one is pixel two, pixel four, pixel six. On top of each other, you're getting almost 4,000 pixels in terms of detail on the screen. Anyway, back to the movie. Yeah, anyway, the movie just had a really interesting <laughs> it scene. It had a whole bunch of stuff that went on that was not <laughs> shot on IMAX. And now um, it's and now it's gone. <laughs> but uh, there were there were spaceships and stuff. It really I, is. I, it's 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 indulgent. It's very indulgent. It's like just and then the spaceships come. But it worked. You know, again, in '78, <laughs> we'd never seen shit like this in a movie that just went on that long. Like you know, right. the, the whole point of it was the spectacle of it and the and the unusual nature of that. Yeah. And then and then what's great about the movie is just as they do in the movie itself everybody goes, "Yay, that was awesome. Who's hungry? Let's go. We're done." And which is kind of the vibe you have in the movie as well. Like, okay. And then it's like, "Oh no, no, we we do have one more thing." Yeah, well, yeah, it's a Okay, so that was some really wonderful spectacle, everybody. Great job. Good good work. And like, but no, we still actually have to finish the story. Yeah. Here's here's Melinda she's seeing God. And God. Yeah. <laughs> so she's like Okay, I'll just try and play that. But you just have to. I mean, there's... I, and I think she's nailing it, quite yeah. frankly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah there you go. And she even gets to say, "Oh my god," which kind of helps bring it all together. Here we go. And I think uh, we're about to see R two. Yes, as is, one of the I've never, I've never, I've there, never seen the R two. He's right there. Oh, there he is, right there. there. I never, yeah. I never spotted R two before. R two was it? I've known he was there since day one. I'd never found him. I missed it. <laughs> Apparently, there's a bunch of other stu- Star Wars stuff in there, yeah. but that's the only real. I've seen this one. model. There was a museum display where it's they at the had Smithsonian it. now. Yeah, I see, it was on a touring display before that years ago. I didn't see anything else very, you know, untoward. I didn't. I was like, I couldn't find R two either. How big was the model itself? It's a. I remember it being about six foot, four like f- four feet across the the main dish. The main dish. It's <laughs> a lot of four to five feet. A maybe lot of greebles, a lot of nernies. It's a huge, huge, crazy model. And it looks a little bit like the District Nine one. Now that I think about it, yeah. it had occurred to me, but all those pointing sticks out and stuff like that—just the thought of the thought of Pokey Space having to pack it up and send it around in a touring museum—it's like okay, be, uh, mm, be, oh jeez. Is there any way we can suspend it from six sides inside the truck just so it's not yeah. touching anything at all? Some kind of anti-gravity device. I think uh, maybe we've talked about it, but I think I remember hearing. You know, put people in the who worked at ILM at the time talking about that. They were like, "We did not build these to hold up." <laughs> we, no, we yeah, didn't no. Build Trey, these. Trey has talked about that. Yeah. No, they're never built to that hold up. That was fucking electrical tape. I noticed. I noticed somewhere in the in the chat room, our little down in front impromptu chat room we have running now. Someone said, uh, "I bet someone somewhere someone's got a working T Rex." No, no one nowhere yeah. has a working <laughs> T Rex. You know, the foam rubber will disintegrate. Yeah, and the T Rex also needs a hydraulic system the size of a of a mobile home to make it do anything. It's uh, you know, it's it's a whole lot of infrastructure. You're lucky if you make it work for a shot, much less 20 years later. The Velociraptors, one or two of those props, the ones that weren't designed to be uh, mostly <laughs> Another autonomous. great humorous touch there. The guy, you think he's being arrested and these guys just run into puke or whatever he's going to go do. Anyway, <laughs> hey, go ahead. when you got to go, you got to go. Yeah. No, I, it's just a tangent. I'm, I'm enthralled by the visuals, that's all. There's that the, the, again. The little Spielberg touches back when he was good at this were, were the like also the the bank of cameras and the guy jumps up with his instamatic to snap his own photo. I mean the, those little touches, which again are one of the things that again comes back to what I'm what I'm so happy about this movie. The way it's like, yeah, the government is not this monolithic bunch of guys. You know, Men in Black is the ultimate caricature of that concept, yeah. but an actual government conspiracy is going to have a bunch of guys who are like, we're doing what and we're doing it why. And we're doing it how soon? And does this mean we have to work Saturday? Yeah, and and the uh, the, the that little touch of yeah. you know that, that there's all these official cameras. The guy like I gotta click. Yeah, all <laughs> the people going, oh shit! Yeah. Here's this. Here they are Spielberging. They're totally Spielberging. 
pretty much the movie that invented Spielberg, unless you count a few shots of looking at the shark in Jaws. But yeah, this guy is like, okay, dude, yeah. They're lucky that they prepared that screen with six octaves because they only planned on using two. Uh, and ultimately, when the aliens start doing their thing on the whole fucking yeah. range of sound, it's like, oh, God, thank God we have all those extra octaves here. How many octaves are represented on a standard piano? On a standard piano, six, I think. I, I don't know off the top of my head. I think it's six. That's six. There are 12 notes in a scale, and then the 13th note is the same one again an octave higher. So this guy, by the way, is apparently well, actually Grand, grand piano is 88 keys, so that's the Is that Heineck? Is that the guy? No, no. That's he's, not Heineck. He's the, but, but this synthesizer, right? They had yeah. to actually get like a real synthesizer. No one knew how to work it and stuff like that. So they sent the guy to set it up on the set so they could use it as part of the, the movie, and they watched him like just setting it up and using it. They're like, you're going to be the guy in the movie who runs the synthesizer. That's, you, that's, that's just great. should be it's you. Like, okay, we need the bit of business. Let's right. get the guy who actually does the business. Right. That's, and, it, and that's all you need to do. And it just you know uh, goes show a lot of people like, oh, you know, using non-actors as actors. It's like, well, if you give them – if you're Spielberg yeah. and you can give them good direction. And they're, and they're doing the thing that they know how to yeah. do yeah. that they don't have to like think about doing. Because yeah. then do, they don't have to act. They just do, yeah. and that's the best acting is when you're just doing something. Yeah, the acting part is you're doing this to a spaceship, and it's like, all right, then I'm probably pretty <laughs> freaked out. Yep, that's good. That's, <laughs> that's pretty much it. The, but the but acting, you're in a big movie with thousands of extras, and I'm pointing a camera at you. That'll probably freak you out right yeah. there. So <laughs> yeah. pretend you're playing the keyboard while freaked out. <laughs> good, here we go. I just checked. Uh, there's seven plus up uh, four, four notes on the top octaves on a keyboard well no on your keyboard but that's an upright a grand has 88 88 yeah, yeah. so it'd probably be that that's that's more that's yeah. 11 octaves yeah eight times 11 uh so what i'm the most impressed by in the sequence as a visual effects artist is the uh the, the guy who's playing the fucking keyboard and he's like trying to keep up with the fucking yeah. riffs that the guy's playing oh by the way amazing visual effects i'm i'm impressed yeah. I, i'm impressed by that effect just now where the air the cannon where you yeah, can, you totally, can, see you can totally see the air cannon but yeah. but the guy standing there yeah. right next There's to the two air guys cannon. in there like whoa <laughs> so let me get this straight what's gonna happen <laughs> well um you know what uh it's better if you don't know you know yeah just just react and that, go Nowhere before or since uh, have I ever heard the, the, the concept of a quaver. Does the musician on the team uh, <laughs> know what the heck a quaver means? Or a semi-quaver for that mean? He's I'm looking sure. it up on the internet yeah, right see, now. Yeah, he didn't know either. I'm sure it was just like, Truffaut is French. He means like a me like that we just made that noise. He um, means a vibrato. Well, isn't it, also, it wasn't him who said that, though. Isn't it also that they weren't... Uh, like, had they planned the music, or were they just kind of riffing at this point? I can't remember what the story is. I forget. Something I, I know I've heard it. the story, yeah. but I forget. Oh, it, how they came up with the, the No, no, not, not the tones, but this this sequence here where they were, like, on the set, and they're like, oh, we haven't really planned, like, this symphony that they're going to do. Let's just, meh. Like, <laughs> Let's improv of, it? Yeah, went Well, but, it. yeah, I, whatever, I whatever they actually play doesn't really matter because you're not seeing the keyboard. Yeah, and that's and true. The, and the lights are just flailing at this point. Yeah, that's not a real thing. The quaver? The quaver. The quaver is a real thing, but the way that the... Uh, look at that. That's cool. The the way the lights are going isn't actually representative of what the oh. piece are doing. Although, yeah. to be fair, like they're trying to communicate with the synthesizer, and the it, it, it kind of defeats the purpose. The UFO is like, you, you know what? Just let me get it. Uh, <laughs> hold on. I got it. I got this. This is how you say it. <laughs> By the way, when I was watching this the other night, uh, like I said, I had, had a couple of drinks, so I was just sort of like really locked in, like kind of drunk watching a movie, like, uh-huh, yeah, movie, keep going. When this started happening... This was the most awe I've ever felt in a Spielberg movie ever. Oh, I bet this is a great yeah. movie to be fucked up to. Especially yeah. <laughs> in the scene. You're just watching the scene and you're just like, holy I w- shit. I would, I would like to see this in the theater again because it was great to see it in the theater at the time, certainly. Brian, you want to see it at the new Bev? 
I'm sorry, I'd only seen it once at that time, and I was, yeah. This is, I think, the quintessential Spielberg. Sequence. This it is, really this is. is Spielberg at his most Spielbergy. Well, there's there, uh, there's a uh, a this book sequence and this movie that I haven't had a, a chance to really read much of, but there's a whole book on the making of Close Encounters, and it makes mm-hmm. that point. It's like this is where Spielberg showed yeah. up for he, the first he, time. He he became Spielberg because everything everything that would kind of preoccupy him thematically and stuff in later films, this is the first time they showed up. The absent father and children in in danger and yada, yada, yada. The awe and mystery and sound and light and all that stuff, it all coalesced right here. Somewhere in these Spielberg moments, and there's there's still plenty of them to go, one of the people who steps up in Spielberg's is is J. Allen Hynek. We may have seen him and I just missed it, or maybe he's yet to come. But he gets his cameo. In the chat room, Farley22 says, Close Encounters 2, we need a bigger ship. (laughs) There, there is uh, a lot of very interesting behind the scenes, and there's footage as well of uh, different attempts to show the aliens. Um, when, when they were like, "All right, the aliens are going to come out, and what are they going to look like?" Uh, they did a lot of different things to try and make yeah. that work. And, and I got to say, this movie holds up really well. I think probably its greatest failing in terms of holding up is the aliens. Now, why is there? Is there like an official explanation for why the first time you see an alien, he's this long spindly dude, and then the rest of them are kids with hats? Because the spindly dude is an alien, and the other ones are hybrids. The other ones are half-human. Mm. I missed really? that. Where that is that? Was Where my under- that, come that was my understanding. Maybe I made that I never, up. I never but thought that, that was... but I, uh, I don't know if that's canon or not. But uh, again... that, that was That's always been my understanding, so I was like, wait, did I make that up when I was a kid or it's, something? It's, a, it's as good an explanation as any for a movie that doesn't. Yeah. give you the explanation but it makes perfect sense but the the real reason I think the real behind the scenes reason is like you said they just tried a bunch of different stuff <laughs> yeah. and they're like well you know we got the Carlo Rambaldi Meccano alien we've got the Bob Baker marionette alien we've got kids in little rubber suits and you know we'll shoot it all and if it doesn't work we won't put it in the movie yeah you know? they now, try, my, my, my favorite attempt that they that they did was they got as the scientists and the, the normal humans they got a bunch of mimes who could move really slow and, and very controlled. And there's, then they, there's Heineck. This is Heineck. Ah. And then, then they had the little aliens come out and just move around at kind of normal speed and kind of buzz <laughs> around. And then, but then they shot it in, you know, th- then they would shoot it speed, sped up so the mimes would look like they were moving in normal motion and the and aliens the kid, would be the aliens <laughs> hyperactive yeah. like uh, hummingbirds. Yeah. Now, other... and, and they have that footage on the behind-the-scenes things. It's like, You're totally like, yeah, that was... Nope. I see why you thought that, and I totally see why you didn't. It was use a good it idea, yeah. but it was not a good idea. It's like when you ever actually try to test. I'm going to well. fake moon landing footage by jumping and then slowing it down. Yeah, good, yeah. good, good. Doesn't look like moon landing. I, I like the instinct, but no, that doesn't work. Um, the other thing that I've heard in terms of theories, and this isn't mine, and I didn't see it, I didn't read this into it, but I read it on the uh, the IMDb boards, and I was like, interesting. We should talk about that. Is that in a second here, Roy's going to walk onto the ship, and then another alien's going to come down and do the hand thing, and someone said. Maybe that's maybe he just became the alien. Well, that's exactly what the bad special edition made you really think. Because he walks in, he goes, ooh, twinker, Tinkerbell lights fall on him, the yeah. screen goes white, and a little alien comes out. We go back to that scene, which made you absolutely think, oh, they turned him into an alien, which is like, which pissed me off no end. Um, yeah. That is that is the incorrect answer. Yes. That is the, I, was <laughs> that like, I was like, if, if that's what they're really saying, then now I hate this movie. Well, that, <laughs> yeah. is, that is the correct exactly. answer from film grammar, because that is what yeah, the film grammar exactly says. Yeah, that's exactly what it seemed to be saying. So this movie is far better without the scene of him going inside. Um, Although the stuff inside the ship, on a purely visual standpoint, is neat. No, it, it is. is. I've <laughs> never seen From that a stuff. purely spectacle standpoint, it's it like, is. that's it a looks, good job. It, it, After we've had 20 minutes of spectacle yeah. already. It's yeah. the... It's the uh, well, basically, Independence Day, the way the interior of that spaceship worked, that, but, you know, 
pleasant and Spielbergy instead but, of scary and with. But what lit. happens when but, you're in there? But take that. Did just, you ever just see a lot of lights light up? It's you, just, did you it ever literally see, is just a light show. Did you ever see Quantum Leap <laughs> and uh, Al his little like hand device yep. thing? And it was kind of like different blocks of different glowy colored plastic stuff. Ziggy, yeah. Well, the little device thing that his handheld device. That, but. Yeah, you know, seven stories tall, and then it transforms. Yeah. It, looks, it looks like the inside of a Vegas casino, and yeah. everyone's looking down into the lobby. You know the way all the the yeah. rooms look into it, and they're all backlit, so you just see all yeah. these aliens. But what's the, what's the what, what happens story wise in that? Nothing, scene? nothing. Absolutely the whole nothing. thing. He the, goes in, and it's okay. it's amazing, and then he's, he's the sta- reason, he stands there in his little uniform, and he looks up while standing in front of a blue screen, and goes, Ooh, and then we get and, clips of that. And the reason yeah. that exists is because since since we're almost where that would be. Um, Spielberg, they they had to rush this movie out, and Spielberg felt that he didn't get all the scenes he wanted, like yeah. that stuff in the desert. We're, so, and, af- we're, and we're seeing a lot of cleaned up effects that weren't that good at yeah. the time. So after this movie had been a big success, he went back to Columbia and he went, "I want to, I want to redo that. I want to do it again. I want to put in my stuff. Now you know the movie's a success. I'm not just talking out my ass. <laughs> I think I've earned the the right to go back and you know kind of make it the the way." I wanted it to, which kind of invented the idea of the director's cut as well, because uh, from from everything I've read, yeah. that's the first time Make that really it happened. Imagine Make it at again. the time, yeah, exactly at the time. All right, so you've just the movie was a success, and you're happy because you're behind your desk and you made some yeah. money, and you're good, and you can find this other two pictures you have. And then the guy that directed the last one that was big comes in and says, "I want to keep going." Well, they've, I, I think uh, they you, wanna, had, you mean make a second movie? No, no. no I want to do over. I just want yeah. to wanna release again. it again with some new stuff. I think they had at least done. They'd done re-releases before. I mean, right before Empire came out, Star Wars was re-released, sure. and that's when they invented the Episode Four aspect of it and right. stuff like that. But, uh, but the point you were going for the, was they said, okay, but... Yeah, but we have if we're going to change it, then you've got to give us something that we can hang the marketing on. We can't just be... And with new scenes, you've got to give us the inside of the mothership because that's the thing that people are going to see in the ads and go, oh, shit, I've got to go see that movie again because now they're going inside the ship. No. Um, and then and that was and that was the ad campaign. This time you go inside. Yeah. And Spielberg, to his credit, he hated that <laughs> from the beginning. <laughs> but the only way that he would get to do the rest of it was if he agreed to do that. So he did. Now, this does not work. When no. I first well, <laughs> but, well, sadly, but when I first came to uh, came to Los Angeles and I started working at the Bob Baker Marinette Theater, <laughs> that was in the shop. Um, and I said, "Is that the alien from Close Encounters?" And they're like, "Well, yeah, we did that." No kidding. <laughs> so it was always this thing was like for years. My the several years I worked at the Bob Baker Marionette Theater, that guy was hanging in the shop. So that is a marionette. That's literally a marionette. Yeah. How big is the actual puppet? He's about. Like, I remember him being about seven or eight feet tall. Really, that's huge. Yeah, cool. But uh, yeah, so but after that. As as tends to happen with Spielberg special editions, he was like, "Wow, that was a mistake." And so he went back when he finally became even more Spielberg than he was before, and went, "All right, I want to do this one more time. Basically, keep all the stuff that I wanted, take out the thing that you wanted." And they're like, "Okay, yeah." So here we are. But uh, as as I say again, lets you lets you the audience member make the choice as to which is your favorite. Now, see this this part to me is like creepy as hell. <laughs> like this is really, this is like the Galaxy Quest where they all like suddenly grow teeth and <laughs> like leap on everyone. But this must have been this must have been a thing on set. Everyone must have gone. Well, there's no way they're using this because this is dumber than shit. <laughs> Bunch of kids and rubber heads wandering around. Come on, they're not. This is a joke, right? What are they? What this isn't going to the movie? 
Well, you got you got to imagine, like you were saying before, this is one of the first movies where it's like just pretend there's stuff and it's amazing. Mm. So you got to imagine most of this sequence, which I'm sure took you know weeks but, to but film. There's lots of over the like, shoulders of there's there's a bunch of kids in rubber suits yeah. standing around while they're all these actors are there. Well, going, really, well, seriously, that's what we're doing. That's the thing they they've been they've been standing there the whole time, being like awestruck by all this stuff and then it's like all right we're finally going to get to interact with something real and they're like oh shit are you <laughs> that's, kidding me that's the movie we're in this is going to be a piece of shit this is going to be a disaster yeah but they but they very smartly you know were like is? this doesn't work backlight the fuck out of it backlight it's the, the fuck out of everything the whole thing isn't cut working and it could be saved or made or or destroyed entirely by what the eyes are and if the eyes were just a big black kind of gelatinous ball, well, that's okay, part then, of the. Then you can just read an expression into it. It's the but it has these, it has these it. big old fucking painted on pupils that don't move. That's the, part the, of the eyes specifically are kind of in this uncanny valley. They're not, you know, all the way towards a reptile and being straight black or whatever it is, and they're not as good as real human well, eyes I th- are. I think that's one of the reasons that I was convinced that these were human hybrids because we see the really tall, spindly. Alien who seems like alieny, and You're then these are six-year-old dork men. These are normal size, you it's know. A, these are normal size. Bad, and they've got they've got humanoid eyes, you know. They've had so. the time to do it because yeah. clearly they've been you know snatching people since the the forties. So. Big, uh, I remember. I remember a big applause moment in the theater when they had that reveal of you know of Neri being in the astronaut core. You're like he gets yay. <laughs> he did, that was the vindication. Like after all he went through. That's he gets that, to be that's the, the reward. Go. He gets to go. <coughs> this is the part yeah. that I really always freak me out. It's like, wait, and then they do they just take him? And it's yeah. like hey, that's again that's the what's fun about the movie and really interesting is again we don't know what the aliens are up to or what their thought process is, but it's like no, we don't want the people you chose. We want the people we chose. Yeah. Well, yeah, and that we to we that pick who we, that plan makes sense. We like, pick we, who goes with us. We we. we we, for whatever reason, this is what our plan is. Lots yeah. of medical Whoever, whoever yeah. gets to the finish line comes with us out of our little candidate class. Yeah. That part of their plan m- seems to have an internal sense to me. It's the dropping the ship off in the desert that's like, yeah. but. <laughs> yeah. Well, we but were done is, with that's it. Just be, that's just teasing. <laughs> <laughs> boom, boom, boom. Well, you, you could reckon it's like, well, we were done with it, and what? You wanted us to put it in the middle of where you live? What? We <laughs> it didn't seem know. more convenient this yeah. way. Yeah, we, we didn't know that. We, we, we're worried about putting it in the water because we thought, you know, what if we put it wrong? Is it the, is it the flat part that goes in the bottom? Because yeah. <laughs> ours, all the, all the fancy, sticky-uppy stuff, that's on the bottom of ours. Yeah. <laughs> and we did that with a few of your ships, and that did not go well. <laughs> so we figured this time in the desert probably cool you guys work it out and we, we just let you the, that yeah. that cruise ship that was totally, that our, was totally Sorry. our thing and then we go to the 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 robo puppet the, the, the alien of the third kind yeah. which is we had the marionettes we had kids in costumes and then carlo rambaldi and this was the this was the thing where spielberg said do you think you could do a character that could really hold up on screen and uh, we could make a whole movie about it and call it et and carlo rambaldi said in some weird italian accent of course we could <laughs> Um, which was kind of true and kind of not. Yeah. So that's a puppet. This is well. This is a this is an animatronic. Yeah. This is a but it, it's a real thing. That's yeah, crazy. Yeah, For some reason, I was watching the night. Like, and you can oh, kind of tell. Like a special you can kind of tell by the way it's step printed and yeah, and it's a little it, manky. It's like yeah, 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 yeah. See, and it's, it's a, a Nazi. Yeah, because he couldn't do it that fast, so it's it's been a little step printed and tweaked. But you know, he's got his little blinky eyes and he can smile and. It's like a huge the problem with animatronic puppets is you know that's a lot of work and that's all that thing does. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's all it can do. And then it can just sort of wave its head back and forth. He has black reptile eyes. One of two things. One, yep. 
it was literally we've got three different things we're going to try them all probably or not. yeah by the way the visual storytelling works dorkman's summary is right well again it's it's the kind of thing where according to film grammar that's that's the implication that's the yeah. implication according to what they actually intended that probably may not. not have been part of no, it no. All right, we can do kids in suits. We can do yeah. a giant marionette thing, or we can have an animatronic. What do you want? Yeah, let's try them all. Eh, I'm Spielberg. Know. But so, so the the idea of Neri got turned into an alien was never something I thought of in the original version. I've, I've never really heard anyone say that. It was it was definitely the special edition that that created that impression because, as we said, he gets carried on board. The special edition picks up of him walking up that ramp and looking up and going, ah, and Spielberging like crazy, and then he gets obliterated and the big shiny lights, and then, then an alien comes walking back down the ramp. You want to talk about film grammar? Yeah. That's, that literally says they turned him into an alien who came back to say, look, I can do your... Look, it's me. And it was just, it was wrong on so many levels. I always thought the animatronic looked a little bit like the little boy as well. That's, that's I, yeah, I guess Especially that the way he yeah. smiles, yeah. Yeah. And, well, I'm, I'm sure that's not supposed to be. Well, talking about film grammar, I think that's an implication that follows because we cut from the the alien, the animatronic yeah. alien, to him with the same expression, with the, uh-huh. the same kind yeah. of smile. Which is, which is which yeah. is which yeah. is why it's, it it kind of brings it back. Like that's why he he liked them because they're him. You know, they're yeah. just like little little buddies of his. Close Encounters are the third fucking yeah. time, and we're missing the fact. You know, Williams Williams uh, brought it. He brought it for this ending. He just the, well, the score is so did the score is Trumbull, Murin, by the way. Drug trouble Trumbull, as well. Yeah. We give a Doug trouble. Uh, you know, Bill Franker. Oh, what, what, wait, wasn't Murin involved with this, or was well, it? he probably was because ILM. Yeah, just all those old Yoda looking dudes were. Yeah. I mean, Murin's been at ILM since the, you know there were three guys yeah. in a warehouse. Okay, so. Doug Trumbull. Yeah, but he's Trumbull, the main one. Yeah, go Trumbull. Anyway, uh, close Which encounters. I, assume, I, don't, I could be wrong. I don't know if there was technically an ILM. That did this. I may not have been. It may have been trouble. I think, I think, even, right. uh, I think ILM didn't exist yet. Yeah, yeah. yeah. ILM not as a, not as a business that did anything right. but Star Wars because right. it was doing Star Wars at this time and wasn't able to do anything else. So that's true. It wouldn't have been ILM. We didn't it even mention the fact that uh, this is Michael Kahn's first uh, Spielberg movie and has been Spielberg's editor ever since. And Lance yeah. Hendrickson is in this, and we never even saw him. He was there. Yeah. I remember when he, he was in there. there. I remember because I was fucking blown away yeah. Yeah. to quit from Louis C.K. He didn't even say anything. He walks on screen. It's like. Distractingly, Lance Hendr- Hendrickson. Yeah, like, like, hey, there. Why? Oh, Laszlo Kovacs, who yeah, was the DP on Ghostbusters. Yeah, it's exciting. It's, that's really exciting. This is a little bit of a, a vanity piece for Spielberg. It was just that weird sort of alien concepts by Steven Spielberg. It's like, well, yeah, he was the freaking director, so probably there are some of his concepts in there. What the, what the hell is that credit doing there? Not to mention, we didn't tell the story that Paul Schrader claims he wrote this movie, and and Spielberg says, well, you know, I changed it so much. Can I have the the screenwriting credit? And Schrader said, sure. Thinking now I'm pals with Steven Spielberg, who's never returned his call since. Uh, so <laughs> yeah, so, uh, that's, it, that was Schrader's cautionary tale to say um, to say. Writer skill arbitration—it's a good thing. It's there yeah. for a reason. <laughs> that's why. That's so you can be friends with people still. I mean, it's not—I don't know—he didn't actually say that Spielberg, you know, directory director of photography, photographic yeah. effects. By the way, by the way, look how photography. Look how many story. times. Oh, there's Dennis Muren. Yeah, he yeah. was working on the mothership, mothership photography. Okay, yeah. okay. I, Before I there was like, an ILM to work yeah. at, he was a freelancer. I was remembering. I was like, I don't want to feel Don like Don an Don asshole, Don. like giving him the Is credit when he didn't do anything. But I remember yeah. him talking about close encounters. Yeah, Trumbull. Yeah, Don Trumbull. Get the whole family going. Yeah, anyway, Trumbull. Well, I. I you watch this now, and it's like the visual effects or the special Yadman. effects. Hoyt Yadman was an assistant. I love it. They they are getting Don the, Dow. I worked with. He was a visual effects cameraman on the Blob. They were getting the fuck credited out of him right yeah. here. I tell <laughs> you what, on a Hoyt Yadman like went on to found uh, DreamQuest, and uh, and is now a 
Now he's probably retired by now. But. Well, it's always, you know, you look at Return of the Jedi, it's like, wow, David Fincher. Just yeah, David Fincher was some right. dude who brought coffee. Yeah. Anyway, so this movie, when I revisited it the other night, uh, I was struck by... I haven't had this feeling because I haven't. There's not a lot of major <laughs> movies that I've come back to and like finally seen or revisited, and thought this deserves all the hype. If there was going to be one, it would be Star Wars or Raiders. But I never didn't have those, so I never had that moment. Where it's like, wow, this really does deserve all that hype. When I was watching this the other night, I was actually struck by that feeling where it's it's this is such a weird, good, and like kind of awesome movie. In the in the literal sense, in the literal the sense, yeah. where it's like, yep, that is. Astounding! I can't believe this movie got made. I can't believe it is what it is. I can't believe it holds up. The effects are amazing. I love the score. It's just like, yep, this deserves all of the hype. What a short ass credit roll that was. Yeah, yeah. Well, because they put a lot be- of it at the that's front. before yeah. everyone got in the habit of being credited. And then, uh, yeah, fucking ungrateful bastards. And um, <laughs> I, I, it's good. I mean, it's not one of my favorites. I'll probably revisit it again in the future. And when it's on, I'll watch it. But it's not something that like really spoke to me. But it is just a solidly good movie. And uh, I, I was glad to sit here and learn more about it. Beefin, it's one of my favorites too. As as I've said before, uh, I think it, I th- really think it is. You know, there's something special about movies from this, you know, very specific time period, and I think it is the quality of this. You know, the trajectory is of you know the studio system changing and independent. You know, dramatic, serious character pieces crossing over with the the genre fair, and this this one you know really specials like few years here where you had these kind of movies where you have both you have these great movies about <laughs> these great characters that have you know the story but are also these you know great genre tales as well um and it's also a really special time in american cinema where richard dreyfus was a movie star for some reason <laughs> and it's like who who decided that who explain like, robert pattinson to me <laughs> yeah oh. give, give give me seth rogan in 10 words or less well, yeah. robert, robert pattinson is He's pretty. a handsome, he's, he's, yeah, he's a pretty yeah. guy. Seth Rogen is a much better choice. Yeah, Seth's <laughs> like a perfectly nice guy. I'm not sure why th- we think he's an actor, but yeah. that's okay. He seems like a cool dude, but I know lots of cool dudes. But Seth Rogen is also a comedic, uh, or at least all it was, started out that way. And You're actually trying to defend Seth Rogen. That's cute. <laughs> anyway. I know. I'm trying, to, I'm trying to defend the distinction between that and Richard Dreyfuss, because it really is weird. It's like... Richard Dreyfuss as a blockbuster movie star. It's just such a. If you really look that, at that, it, it's that so too weird. is a that too is a factor of its time. It's yeah. like now you have to be Robert Pattinson yeah. to even get cast yeah. in a movie. There was a time true. where we would have the same conversation about Bruce Willis. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Bruce Willis, Dustin was like, Hoffman, no, no way. Yeah, yeah, all those guys. But, but yeah. anyway, they yeah. can't be movie stars. They have large noses. <laughs> One of my favorites, <laughs> Mike. Yeah, uh, yeah, me too. It's it's. You know, it, it, I think it had the benefit, and like you said, right around this time with science fiction, because no one was really taking it seriously, they were like, well, no one's really paying much attention to what yeah. we're doing mm-hmm. here. So science fiction can be whatever we want it to be. And now it's like, well, science fiction has to be very specifically this, that, and the other, and it's very formulaic and stuff like Will that. Smith. Huh? <laughs> with Will Smith. With Will Smith. And, and it's, uh, like we said, this is the kind of movie that... You know, I'm not going to say they don't make movies like this anymore. The studios don't. But these movies are still getting made, but it's very much the, the indie thing. But I think if this if this movie didn't exist and it were made today, it would hold up. This would be a successful movie that a lot of people would be like, I think oh, it dude, would you, have to, you have to I go agree. check this one out. I mean, obviously, the effects would be updated and stuff like that. But if you made basically this exact same movie today... I think I think people would still be thrilled by it. That sounds it. like a that sounds like it resides in opposition to what we said at the beginning, where they would make this movie differently. You're saying even if they made it the same no, way, we would the, still like it. The they wouldn't make it, but if the, they did, the studio wouldn't make yeah. it. But if some some indie group 
put up a Kickstarter and, and made this movie, this is the kind of movie that would still thrill people. Yeah, it didn't, the exactly. system wouldn't make this movie. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, if they yeah. did. If, if it didn't exist before, they, yeah, their point is that, yeah. And, and all the, you know, io9 and everyone would go, now see, this is what studios should be doing. Yeah, this exactly. is the good science fiction movie. So, yeah, I, I think it's great. I think it holds up, and I'm sure I'll revisit it again sometime. Yeah. Trace Dukes. Yeah, actually, having not watched it in quite a long time, it's what I said at the beginning was was true. I didn't need to watch it again to remember it because it's burned. But I have not actually sat down and watched it in quite some time, and I I am struck all over again by just my God, how good this really is. Um, an experience I didn't have, if you remember from from watching E. T., which is the one that people seem to remember as you know, oh, that's the Spielberg one. I never would have thought you know Spielberg's oh, you know E. T.'s okay. It's a good movie, but it never grabbed me. This movie, I think, I think this is, you know, about the best of his early his early period. Whenever we delineate that, um, Raiders is kind of its own thing. It exists in a different kind of a world. It's a very stylized piece. Um, I really think of, and you know, Jaws is a is a straight out thriller. I think this one was like a real step up from Jaws, where it's like a thriller, but it's got so much more going on, and really just even more sophisticated in the filmmaking. And uh, it's it's really one of my favorite Spielberg movies, I think, still to this day. This has been Down in Front. You can always find more episodes at downinfront.net. Subscribe to us on iTunes and get a brand new episode every single week. Twitter.com slash Down in Front. Facebook Down in Front Show. Email us at downinfrontshow at gmail.com. Please register at the forum. It's an awesome community. And every week uh, we announce when and where the live chats will be happening with the streams of the, of the broadcast. And you can contribute to the conversation like all the people we've been talking about in the chat room. It's a wonderful thing to do. Become part of the community. It's fucking awesome. Buy our shirts and please give us money for pizza. There's a big PayPal button on the uh, the homepage. We're not asking. We're just saying. But we're saying. And... Um, Holden Hill Design and maintains the website. Uh, my name is T. Christie. Brian Fenifter. Nice cup. Cheers, Dokes. And this has been Down in Front. Thank you much for listening. Good night, good night. Dun, 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 dun. Yeah, exactly. Blah, blah. Toys. Trendsinyourhead.com. <laughs>